Good afternoon, you're listening to Furious Radio in association with Skodan 107.1 FM. And this evening, or this afternoon, <laughs> jumping ahead there, we got naturopathic Dr. Andrew Larsh, as always, and we're discussing uh, part three of indigenous diets and much, much more. And um, I'm really looking forward to it. I missed you. You've been gone for quite a bit. so Yeah, I went to Florida for a little bit and enjoyed the uh, warm southern sunshine oh and yeah <laughs> fresh air and all that and tease us <laughs> oh, it was nice it's yeah. really beautiful down there man oh i love i love florida it's totally, excellent totally different environment and actually pretty relaxed on a lot of the covid stuff and uh so it was really enjoyable and um man we met like i mean just going down there it's crazy because everybody that's down there you meet a lot of people back home from back home oh yeah, yeah. and last time i was down there i actually i'm on a boat and uh, it's one of these uh sail uh, like you, you basically just rent out and go sailing and uh the one of the cabin hands or whatever one of the first mates he was went to plattsburgh where i where i grew up and uh he went to college there in plattsburgh and then another person grew up uh, uh was from messina or had a uh, family in messina and uh like lived part of their life in messina and knew the healthy way and all that stuff and i'm we're 1500 miles away you know yeah, what i mean like, yeah it's, it's it's crazy how it, that works out Every time I'm down there, every time I've been down there uh, to the Florida Keys three times, and every time I'm down there, man, it's like it, most of it's just people's transplants. So they got good health food stores down there, um, and uh, we went we went down and visited all the health food stores in the Keys. So we went to Key Largo Health Food Store, we went oh, to yeah. the health food store in Marathon, which uh, hit the juice bar every day, which is something, man, like you know that you do obviously. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so every day I'm getting a turmeric shot, wheatgrass shot, ginger shot. I'm dropping thirty forty bucks at the you know at the bar <laughs> with, the, with the baristas there. And, um, then I went to the Big Pine Health Food Store, which is called Good Health Food Conspiracy, and uh, they have a reflexologist down there. So I did reflexology with them, and uh, probably two hours hung out with, with her, made some clients down there. You know, Every time I go down there, same thing. So end up making uh, customers wherever we go. You know, <laughs> right on. Me and Bing, Bing the same way. You know, Anytime, even at a, uh, you know, one of the get together with my family i'll make some <laughs> make some customers <laughs> with people in my family that's so, nice i yep. mean uh, it's all about um, trying to help people you know and yeah and making people aware yeah absolutely you know just getting the word out is very important super yeah. important um it's, i had somebody come in yesterday actually and uh this lady from uh from here and she's uh you know she goes over to cornwall and stuff like that and uh kind of interesting she says she i was talking to her about what's going on and she goes man she goes you know just energy aura all that stuff she goes you're helping a lot of people and i didn't even know who she was and uh-huh. it turned out that i talked to her three four different times over like the last eight years and so finally this time after hearing enough of the message she's like i'm gonna do what you, you know what you're laying down and uh booked an appointment with me and everything like that and like that's just after putting years and years of work and just small little messages to, to everybody so like if people are listening to the show and you know somebody you have some knowledge you know what yeah. i mean just don't it's it's you know if you know enough don't be afraid to say uh, drop a small hint to, you know hey i know a little bit about emfs or i know a little bit about you know, raw foods or organic foods just an inspiration you know even just leading by example which is what i try to do um you know my number one rule is don't compromise on your food so if you're going to get foods uh you know if you're going to buy foods buy them organically support somebody who's doing it right not not using chemicals on their yeah. foods yeah. um you know they're growing them right Another lady came into the store yesterday, and she's feeding her animals. Uh, she's got uh, 50 cats she takes care of. She's got, like, basically, like, a little orphanage for cats. You know, <laughs> yeah, they look yeah. shelter. And she feeds them, uh, basically, 
uh, a lot of the foods that she buys at the store, which is uh, our meat, and she buys cows from us, and she uses the organ meats and everything like that, like stuff like that. And, yeah. and, and that was, I've been talking to her for years, and it was because of what I was telling her, you know, saying this is what I do for my cats, and it inspired her. You know, like, you never know who you're going to help, who yeah. you're going to affect, yep. you know, yep. and it's just been, I've been getting messages back and fo- uh, back to back to back like that over the last three, four years. That's awesome. And, yeah. you know, people I haven't even talked to in a year and they, they say, I remember you from, you know, CKON or I remember you from, you know, your radio show with Skoden a couple months ago and uh, I want to, you know, learn how to heal my my disease that i've had for years you know what yeah. i mean and, and like I, they have to hear the message three four times a lot of people oh yeah so that's, that's it's important. just like reading you know i mean you read you got to read it again and again for it to sink in yeah and um the more people dig in and delve into all the information uh, there's always something new and it, it's amazing always. like myself i'm like i said i'm always uh, learning from you and i'm um, going off your vibes and your readings and it's just opening a whole new window. Like, right. I can't believe I'm reading a book that you didn't read yet. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I was like, Derry's ahead of me. You know? I see you got but, uh, your books behind you. And yeah, yeah. You I'm even want, you want ahead, and that's awesome. That's 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 what it's all about, man. Like, I've been lately, okay, so from, like, you know, buddies of yours. Well, yeah. they're buddies of mine now, you yeah. know, too. Um, and, uh, like, I've been getting stuff from all over, from people who hook me up to, with, with you on the radio show. Yeah. They're like, check this out, check that out. And, like, honestly, I've been learning everything from my friends, from people that... I made friends with do, through my work, yeah. and, and then they're they're growing, responding, and 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 giving feedback. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't f- because all of the information that we're seeing right now, guys, like we're talking vaccine information, um, you know, uh, EMF stuff, what's going on with the virus right now, uh, with COVID and everything like that, like it's being so censored and suppressed. It's so frustrating that we're having to rely on each other in our community of truth seekers, of you know, fellow like. Just people that love to really see the truth behind the scenes, and they're sending back information and passing it back and forth to each other. And we're growing as a community of people. There's so many people waking up, and unfortunately, there's a lot of people getting injured right now from the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Uh, that's really. And the testing. I mean, mm-hmm. after doing the research, um, some of the research that you just sent me um, with the swabs, and it's it's hurting people also. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. Yeah. It, touching something that hasn't been touched or I, yeah absolutely yeah yeah that so environment and mm-hmm. uh well actually since we're doing that um I'm, i had something all queued up and it's from the video i just sent you and uh, i was i don't know i forget where i found it um or uh, one of a friends sent it to me and it is eye-opening um what's Very going on so. and, and theirs is the vaccine injury report uh system so um they get reports from all over the United States. This vaccine injury court system was created in 1986, and it was because the pharmaceutical companies were being sued so often and so regularly that they had to appeal to Congress to basically threaten them, saying, we won't produce vaccines anymore unless you guys get these people off of our backs, because they were being held liability for the injuries of their shots, and they were causing billions of dollars worth of damage. The vaccine companies were hemorrhaging money from all the injuries they were causing from their vaccines. So they created the VAERS Injury Court System, which is a reporting system, and they made they passed the 1986 Act, which made the vaccine injury um, not liable to the vaccine corporations, the companies, uh, all your pharmaceutical companies. So from that, we have 1% right now reporting on VAERS. 
uh, of the all the 100% of injuries out there, only 1% they estimate the CDC does. This is direct from the CDC estimates that only 1% report their injuries because the other 99% either doctors don't recognize because they haven't been trained to, or parents especially uh, they a lot of times don't understand that you know vaccine injuries don't just take uh, immediate action. They can take days and weeks and months sometimes, and they are accumulative too. Mm-hmm. So. Let's listen to this real quick. It's from um, Space Busters. Uh, their, their credit to Space Busters. Their excellent uh, research. Um, well, the guy that runs I I know the guy who runs it. But the, uh, the documentary is called Once We Were Living Documentary by Space Busters. And I have it queued up here. So I'm just going to give me one second. And here we go. Severe Adverse Reactions and Death Last year, the WHO, CDC, and national health agencies worldwide told us the average age of death from the alleged COVID virus was 82 years old, which just happens to be the average life expectancy for all humans, and that 94% of those deaths were sick elderly people already dying of 2.6 other terminal illnesses. So the world was locked down and economies shattered, to protect our vulnerable and elderly. This year, Ted Turner's CNN is telling us don't be alarmed if elderly die after receiving the COVID vaccine, that we should not be unnecessarily alarmed if there are reports, once we start vaccinating, of someone or multiple people dying within a day or two of their vaccination who are residents of a long-term care facility. Well, which is it? Are we saving them or murdering them? Let's ask the 24 dead in a New York nursing home or the 26 dead in Gibraltar, 33 dead in Norway, 5 dead in Denmark, 55 dead reported on VAERS in just two weeks. Keep in mind that less than 1% of adverse reactions and deaths are ever even reported on VAERS. As of three weeks ago, VAERS had 211 reported deaths. And since only 1% are even reported to VAERS, it's more likely 21,000 real deaths and 42,000 reported side effects more likely 4.2 million side effects out of the 82.5 million shots already given so far. This woman's father-in-law died just three days after his first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Six died in the Pfizer vaccine trial. Kara's grandmother took the vaccine December 28th and died January 1st. She was doing just fine before the vaccine. One died at a nursing home 45 minutes after the shot. An Ohio woman's mother died a few days after, and in a Dover Riverside nursing home, four died in one night, which is unheard of. Lori's 85-year-old father-in-law died six days after the jab. 94-year-old mother-in-law dead four hours after an adverse reaction. Great-grandfather dead two weeks after the shot. Seavey's 97-year-old aunt died within 48 hours after the shot. 88-year-old father-in-law pressured to take the jab, was fit as a fiddle, had two strokes, and died. The family has concluded he was murdered by the vaccine. In the nursing home in Auburn, New York, they had zero COVID deaths up until December 29th, and then 24 deaths within just seven days after giving out the vaccine. Um, I'm, I'm here to speak from the angle of a of a medical expert from a from a CNA perspective, from from a person who work who, who works in the medical field. Okay, and. And what I'm going to talk about, it is something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, 
it is it is not being spoken about enough it, it, there are some that are beginning to speak about it but we need to speak about this this is a serious issue in 2020 the whole entire year we did not have a single death did you hear what i said a single death from any of our resident who had covid 19. as a matter of fact the the we only had about five people how many i said five people at the most who was infected with covid 19 zero death for the entire year of 2020. just about five cases at the most all of them survived december 2020 right around the time of the 22nd and so on i can get you the exact date if you want that the vaccine was administered to our patients and also to some of our staff members get this friends we are in january 18 2021 two weeks after these people received the vaccine particularly the the, the pfizer uh Bi biontech vaccine i am seeing this pattern this pattern of, of not just side effects to the point where we had people who were once walking who are no longer walking people who were once talking who could no longer talk hmm? people who were once able to think could no longer think properly delirium confused the expert says that the vaccine the vaccine do not have the COVID-19 in it I understand okay it's supposed to be a stimulus right a stimulus that 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 that's supposed to help your your immune system to fight against the virus if you were to confront it that's the purpose of this vaccine right our residents are dying after they have taken this vaccine and what troubles me what troubles me this is not even being spoken about what bothers my heart is that it's almost like just don't talk about this just keep quiet just, just. You go to the year of 2020, zero death, and I can speak the same for many, many nursing homes. Zero death, you go to the whole entire year, not a single person passed away. We are in 2021, we are in the middle of the month where I work right now, over 14 patients have already died. They are dropping like flies. But hang on. The CDC data says the alleged COVID survival rate for people over age 69 is over 99%, meaning less than 1 in 100 people die. In order to have 14 die in his nursing home, he would have to have at least 1,400 residents there, despite the average size nursing home being 120 beds and the largest being 744 beds, with all 1,400 of them allegedly sick and infected. Yet he said only five were sick and none died the entire year of 2020. And it's not just the elderly who are dying. A resident COVID vaccination clinic worker died within 12 hours of her shot. Her co-worker is being directed not to report to VAERS by her corporate management. Now why might that be? Christy lost a nurse friend in Roanoke, Virginia who got the shot, then called Christy to say she fainted afterwards, went to the hospital and died. Diane's friend's sister's 34-week-old baby passed away 48 hours after the shot. Two pregnant women got these poisonous injections to protect their babies. Both have miscarried after the first dose. It would appear Dr. Yeadon was not joking around. A Connecticut medical worker's friend died less than eight hours after her COVID vaccination. An ER nurse proudly rolled up her sleeve December 20th and died December 26th with a heart issue. 
An Israeli man died of a heart attack hours after his COVID vaccine. Pro-vaccine doctor Gregory Michael died of a hemorrhage stroke in a matter of minutes, just a few weeks after his vaccine. Cecilia's cousin's daughter-in-law got the shot because she worked at the hospital, began having trouble breathing and died less than a week later, leaving behind three children and a husband. A 40-year-old man in great shape died two days after getting the vaccine. His lifelong friend maintains, you are completely out of your mind if you let them stick you. I have dozens upon dozens of others from just a few hours of my own research, and this film isn't long enough or intended to chronicle all of these events, only to alert you to the fact, again, that if you put your hand in the fire, you will get burned. You can get burned if you want to. That's perfectly okay. The world could definitely use more parking spaces, just so long as you know what's coming to you. Yeah, that's really, really insane. I mean, uh, they don't even talk about the death the death toll of previous years. I mean, they did in the video, if you ever get a chance to check it out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to post that link there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put that on my Facebook page after Andrew Miles Larch, L-A-R-C-H-E. Or you can go <clears throat> to my Living Foods and Healing Herbs page, and you can just scroll through and find my name and then just go to my personal page. Um, but that video catalogs and chronicles the injuries it uh, also goes through what's specifically in the vaccine what it's doing to you um, at a molecular level uh, yeah. to your somatic cells and then um, it also talks about the pcr test um, and the swab what's going on with the swab possibly i i don't i'm not putting 100 percent you know uh, my backing behind that entire video but uh ogenus vonderplanets actually speaks on that i think you, you heard him probably 20 yeah. to 30 minutes into that video and uh, he discusses what's really going on with viruses again you know as we've talked about numerous times viruses yeah. don't cause disease yeah. they detoxify disease they there's there's no living material in a virus has no circulatory system no respiratory system i mean system. that's your your garbage can getting rid of it all is. your you know like yeah. when you got a runny nose Mm -hmm. that's normal yes it's it's a way of detoxifying your mucus there's yeah you know i call it two types of mucus there's really it's really just one type of mucus but mucus is protective and it's also detoxifying and mucus carries out dead decrepit decaying material well if you were to test mucus if you were to especially especially test it during a cold or a flu you would find dead white blood cells dead red blood cells mm -hmm. um you would find all sorts of material debris DNA, RNA, that's specifically what the PCR is picking up. It's picking up viral particulates, uh, excuse me, essentially exosome material, intracellular uh, vesicles as is another name, uh, somatids, they're all the names of a virus. They're all the same names for a virus. And viral, uh, virus means, you know, uh, in the Greek or I believe Latin, is a poisonous fluid. Essentially, mm -hmm. your cell to survive will envelop any type of damage that any cell in your body uh, happens to uh, get, uh, you know, hit with or uh, get into the cell, possibly any poisonous fluid, and it will release that toxicity into a protein. Particularly if it's very toxic, it will be enveloped, which means it'll be wrapped in a lipid bilayer, which mm -hmm. basically it just means that it's wrapped in fats, wrapped in cholesterol. Okay, and that keeps the poison inside that that particular cell which is you know called the virus or somatid or you know mm -hmm. intracellular vesicle um it's pushing it out of the cell to make this to allow the cell to survive if you have garbage piling up in your house you put it into a garbage bag that's a virus that's all it is and, and mm -hmm. you excrete it into your garbage can on the outside yeah. wait for the garbage guy to pick it up that's your mucus yeah. the garbage guy picks it up your mucus picks it up and it sends it out of the body and it sends it to the dump 
Now, with all of that, you know, like, how many people out there are embarrassed to cough now in public, mm-hmm. you know, or wipe their nose or blow their yeah, nose? Can't show a sign. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, that you're going to get um, mean mugged or, you know, humiliated in because you're doing what naturally comes. Is yeah. you, well, trapped. you've been stopped of doing that, too, yeah. with a mask on your yeah. face. You've been literally told you can't breathe your own natural air, which you have to recycle your own fetid breath which yeah. you know uh again 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 we talk about it all the time your most important need is not water it's not food it is air it's the most yeah. important thing you cannot go three minutes without it it's the most important need of the entire you know world uh for pretty much every animal species on earth and we are you know the same material as them we need yeah. that fresh air um if we would have known for thousands of years that all we needed to do was slap some cloth on our face to stop all of the disease outbreaks we would yeah. have done it thousands right. of years ago <laughs> it's not how disease processes work it does mm-hmm. not work like that you have to earn disease or essentially be unfortunately you know poisoned um by years and years of toxicity or you know it could be quick but it's always your environment it's your part of the unfortunately it's determined on your genetics um it is not determined by a small little microscopic particulate that is not alive that Mm -hmm. has no way of replicating itself at all uh without a cell and it's only from your cells and your cells only. That's why there's so many variants coming out now. As soon as the, va- the vaccine oh, yeah. came out, now yeah, no, it's here comes the variants. And, and we, we said this months ago. Yeah. Um, I said it a year ago that as soon as they got the vaccine out, that they would start seeing all these new variants. And that's exactly what they're testing for is in the PCR test. And tests. Bill Gates said it too. He's like, oh, now we got to prepare for the... Mm-hmm. The stronger viruses, so yep. we're gonna get, yep. we're gonna administer more. You know, they vaccines. have no difference in the death rate between those new viruses and the ones before, but they're saying that they're more virulent and they're more yeah. contagious. And they again still have never, ever, ever proven a virus can be passed from one person to the other uh, to another via your mucosal secretions. And they've tried it over and over again. Mm-hmm. If you read the Invisible Rainbow book, folks, if you read Goodbye Germ Theory, if you read Virus Mania, uh, the book What Really Makes You Ill, you'll see over and over and over again. Oh, Contagion Myth, too. If you read over and over again, you'll see that no scientist has ever um, isolated a virus, particularly from a human being, extracted it, then sent it into another human being, being even via blood, and made that person sick unless they took all of that viral material from one secretion they poisoned it first with antibiotics and they basically poisoned it with foreign material and then they injected it into you in an unlikely manner which would be in your bloodstream or even in your brain and they've done that with animals and then they'll Mm -hmm. make you sick of course that makes you sick you're injecting foreign materials into your system from uh, another you know basically species a lot of times they'll do like kidneys from a monkey varro cells and they'll inject those into other animals especially especially in conscious postulates they're trying to prove they'll inject into the monkey's brain from another monkey that they extracted foreign materials from after they poisoned that first monkey and then they say look we've uh, proved that viruses can be contagious yeah that's not how on mm-hmm. all on earth how you pass by vi- viruses if you're going to pass viral per- materials from one person to another and yet even then you'd have to pass basically five gallons worth of you know your mucus secretions into mm-hmm. another human being to make them sick um so, and that would be disgusting, and you would be consuming someone else's dead material. Of course, you would get sick. Your body yeah. would revolt that material and push it back out. That's the only way you can get sick is uh, cooked foods, processed foods, chemicals, EMFs, stress, and, and if you want to say deficiency diets, if you were doing a raw vegan diet, which is you could, you'll be deficient. But after all those things, cooked foods, processed foods, chemicals, EMFs, stress, those things make you um, your cells 
poisoned and toxic, unfortunately, uh, through deficiency and through toxicity. So the cells become deficient, which means they have a hard time handling uh, the toxicity that's in them, and then they become toxic with it through usually foreign man-made materials, drugs, pharmaceuticals, um, you know, any type of cooked or processed food. And then they excrete that garbage from the cell in order to keep the cell alive. Mm -hmm. It's no similar to a larger process like cancer. If somebody's super, super, super toxic, it takes years and years to do a lot of times, their body will create a cancer cell to store that garbage because those viral particulate materials can't get out fast enough. So the body will store them somewhere mm -hmm. safely until the human being either changes their diet or somebody helps them with it, you know. So anyway, um, speaking of foods and nutrition and diet, let's get to what we're really here about today, <laughs> which is um, we're continuing on part three of nourishing diets. And I think we're going to do the South Seas people. Uh, and then also we're going to go into Africa and we're going to talk about the raw foods that these folks ate. I'm just going to move this mic a little bit so I can read and um, we'll get this information to what their diet was like. Uh, the South Seas, so we're on chapter four um, and part three of nourishing diets, how paleo and ancestral traditional peoples really ate. Nourishing diets again is the book. It's by Sally Fallon Morell. And uh, she is also part author of the book Contagion Myth with Tom Cowan, um, Dr. Tom Cowan, who is an excellent doctor, by the way. Yeah, he's awesome, man. If anybody gets a chance on my Facebook page, go and check out his videos I've been posting. He is another doctor. He studied, he's been a doctor for, I think, 40 years, and he really, really hammers home what's really going on with viruses and how they're actually trying to make viruses look like they cause disease when they don't, and, and so on and so forth. All right, so Dr. Weston A. Price visited the South Seas during the mid-30s calling in the Marquise Islands, Tahiti, Rarotonga, Nakalofa, New Caledonia, Fiji, Samoa, and Hawaii. In a separate trip, he visited New Zealand. On every island, he was able to confirm the impressions of early navigators that the Polynesians and Melanesians were exceedingly strong, vigorously built, beautiful in body, and kindly disposed. They had broad shoulders, wide facial structures, straight white teeth, and graceful, splendid bodies. The Tongans, in particular, were very tall. Their queen, at the time, was 6 feet 3 inches. Those living on native foods suffered only about 0.14% tooth decay. That's exquisite. Price reported that they were magnificent singers. A large native chorus of Nakalufo and the Tongan group sang with the accompaniment, sang without accompaniment, the Hallelujah Chorus from Handel's Messiah with all parts and with phenomenal volume and modulation. The South Seas Islanders lived, uh, from, fishing and lived from fishing and agriculture, using tools made from stone, bone, shell, and wood. The South Seas Islanders generally cooked most of their food in iconic underground pits or earth ovens called imu or umu, but consumed mangoes, custard apples, and coconut meat raw. They chewed raw sugar cane for its juice, breadfruits, tubers, roots, uh, joined the flesh of the pigs, dog, domestic poultry, and wild birds in the ovens often wrapped in leaves. Liquid foods were baked in the same ovens in coconut shell halves. The islanders consumed fish, either marinated or cooked, and consumed some small fish and shellfish raw. As noted by Dr. Price, seafood was the main source of protein throughout the Pacific. Fish and shellfish of every type, including edible tortoise, crustaceans, sand lungusts, crabs, sea centipedes, sand beetles, sea urchins, sea slugs, octopus, and eels. Many islands provided freshwater fish as well. Some uh, seafood such as octopus, sea crab, and sea cucumber were eaten raw. Others were cooked in underground ovens. Early visitors described ingenious fishing methods including the use of nets, weir in streams, spearing, trapping, and use of fish hooks. Some men could catch fish by hand. One colonist described eels kept in holes two or three feet deep and fed by hand as pets. 
My guide told me that it had always been essential, as it is today, for the people of the interior to obtain some food from the sea, and that even during the times of most bitter warfare between the inland or hill tribes and the coast tribes, those of the interior would bring, down during the night, choice plant foods from the mountain areas and place them in caches, and return the following night and obtain the seafoods that they had been placed in those depositories by the shore tribes. The individuals who carried these foods were never molested, and not even during active warfare. And that would never happen in the U.S. <laughs> to leave food out and your enemy wouldn't do something yeah. about it so the livers ma roe and heads of fish and the nutrient dense yellow hepatopancreas of shellfish were all important foods the moaris prepared a dish of the kawaii fish during the season when the fish were fattest by stuffing the cavity with all the organs except the gallbladder in tahiti shark livers were stuffed into shark stomachs and hung in the trees to ferment each liver yielded about a quarter of oil which the tahitians consumed as a sacred food necessary for the virility and healthy reproduction according to the uh, price the men of the island consume the male reproductive organs of the shark while the women consume the female reproductive organs and just to pause there for a second like heals like all right and that's that's a part of the therapy that i do at the healthy way mm -hmm. is um i've used uh, this new company called ancestral nutrition i've been doing it for about three or four months i healed myself too when uh, from when 2019 in the summer when i had roundup poisoning doing the landscaping at the store it's accidental you know yeah um it didn't never meant to be dealing with that it was in the you know the rocks unfortunately that had been sitting in the um the landscaping material that was at the nursery um and uh it was all on that and anyway oh, um i used raw marrow for basically the first month that i used raw marrow all my swelling issues disappeared i was having joint because i mean th that stuff is so poisonous it stores right in your joints and in your lymphatic system and my lymphatic system swelled up immediately i had a, an insane fever only a few hours after i got exposed to that stuff and i hadn't had anything no sickness in uh eight years before that and then all of a sudden i was blowing black out my nose all that crap it was the hottest day probably that summer and it was super dry and i inhaled four hours worth of basically oh, black man. roundup yeah. and dust um the one time i should have worn a mask you know yeah. and um so anyway that stuff raw marrow when i brought that in what raw marrow is it's high amounts of cholesterol dense lipids uh that we talked about this you know just a minute ago with viruses and what they do to safely envelop um any poisonous material is they use lipids to do that which is you know fat and mm -hmm. uh, raw marrow essentially helps create healthy white blood cells and healthy red blood cells to carry out any toxic dangerous material that you might have been exposed to so it'll go into your body it will help liquidate and melt uh, any toxicity in your lymphatic system that's hardened up, especially it'll your body will harden up any toxicity in the lymphatic tract to safely um, basically hold it there until you bring in the nutrients to uh, basically ex excrete it from the body. And also it'll store it in the joints and your body will use swelling as a method of uh, detoxification and surrounding the poisonous tissue. It'll swell your joint up and send uh, cytokines and it'll send white blood cells. Um, it'll send uh, histamines. All those different things will send to the body, to the joint, and they'll surround that tissue and keep it from ex being exposed to your most crucial, you know, connective tissue. All right, so we'll continue here. Um, let's see. And just also, too, to point out that um, I'm, uh, I put people on any other raw organs that they're, uh, you know, if, they, if somebody comes in and we have COPD, if they have lung issues, I'll put them on raw lung. If they have, uh, you know, issues with their mind and they, they're hard, having a hard time remembering things or seeing things, I can put them on raw fish eyes for their eyes. I can put them on raw brain for um, their, you know, uh, their circulatory issues in the brain or if they're lacking fats in the brain. The brain is 50% fat. If they're starving of animal fats, that's, that's a problem. So we'll put them on raw brain, which is basically concentrated raw fats and phosphorus and things like that. 
Alright, so we'll continue on here. Next page. Another observer assumed that the islanders did not engage in agriculture, as every part of the island produces food without the help of man. In May of this country be said that the curse of Eden has not reached it, no man having his bread to get by the sweat of his brow, nor has he thorn in his path. According to an important 1909 article on the ethno-history by archaeologist Dana Lafosky, the notion of the Tahitian gardens of Eden so colored people's observations that acts of hard labor were diminished or overlooked. As a result, the details of the drudgery of the Mohai Tahitian uh, production are often missing from these early ethno-historic accounts. And let me see where I've highlighted here. Swidden culture, where plots were cleared often by fire, cultivated for a year or two, and then left fallow, were the norm for staple crops like yam and sweet potatoes. As with the Australian Aboriginals and the Native Americans, use of fire to clear brush was widespread. Taro requires moist soil and was planted in irrigated fields or cultivated in swamps. So it's another aspect of cultivation was not really always planting seed, but all, but clearing away brush mm -hmm. and allowing things to grow that were more preferred and also keeping the land tame uh, and park-like by uh, setting, you know, uh, fields of fire or even selected forests of fire to um, help the um, new growth by giving the old growth, uh, basically killing it and then reaccumulating it back into the soil and feeding the soil and helping to regrow um, you seeing all these wildfires in California oh, and all yeah. that thing. Yep. It's because they don't control the burn, unfortunately, not the way that they, Native Americans did. So the coconut is an oily fruit with many important uses. One of the earliest descriptions of the coconut comes from the Italian Antonio Pigafetti, who, as a member of Magellan's expedition, visited the Philippines in March 1521. Coconuts are the fruit of the palm tree. Just as we have bread, wine, oil, and milk, so the people get everything from that tree. Pigafetta described the production of palm wine from sap and of cords for binding their boats from coconut husks. Under the husks there is a hard shell, much thicker than the shell of a walnut, which they burn and make their form a powder that is useful to them. He described the flesh of the coconut as having a taste resembling almond, usually eaten raw or dried and made into bread and other clear, sweet water from the center. When the water stands for a while after having been collected, it congeals and becomes like an apple. He marveled at the extraction of the coconut oil. It's like butter in the production of vinegar from water and the milk from the coconut flesh. He continued, This kind of palm tree is like the palm that bears dates, but not so naughty. And of these trees will sustain a family of ten persons. But they do not draw the aforesaid wine always from one tree, but take it for a week from one, and so would the other. For otherwise the trees would dry up, and in this way they last one hundred years. So a typical sauce combines soft, immature coconut meat immersed in salt water with raw, even nearly rotten crustaceans. Nice fermented raw. Uh, let's see. Pacific Islanders also use coconut oil on the skin, even considering the practice as a source of nourishment. Weston Price mentions that disapprove with disapproval the fact that the missionaries obliged the natives to cover their bodies. This regulation had greatly reduced the primitive practice of coating the surface of the body with coconut oil, which had the effect of absorbing the ultraviolet rays, thus preventing injury from the tropical sun. This coating of oil enabled them to shed the rain, which was frequently torrential through of short duration, though of short duration. The irradiation of the coconut oil was considered by the natives to provide, in addition, an important source of nutrition. Their newly acquired wet garments became a serious menace to the comfort and health of the wares. Coconut oil presents a dilemma to the modern investigators because it is highly it is a highly saturated fat. <laughs> Yet South Sea Islanders consuming native diets are remarkably free of chronic disease, including heart disease. Yeah. We've been told for a hunt well the last 
80 years saturated fats they're all oh my god they're so bad for you yeah. and it's yeah. the exact opposite saturated fats are unbelievably good for the body especially if they're from a raw source uh -huh. a raw animal source but one two good sources uh raw coconut saturated fat and um oh boy am i missing the other one um but saturated fat if it's you know in proper state like uh, coconut oil in the raw mm -hmm. state it's excellent for the body for the entire system the joints uh you know the eyes everything um, coconut oil presents a dilemma to modern investigators because it is a highly saturated fat. Yet South Sea Islanders consuming native diets are remarkably free of chronic disease, including heart disease. In one important study published in 1981, researchers compared two populations of Polynesians living on atolls near the equator, those of Tocola and those of Putacapa. Oily coconut and coconut oil provided the chief source of calories for both groups. Takaluans obtained a much higher percentage of energy from coconut than the Pakapukans, 63% compared with 34%, so their intake of saturated fat was higher. The serum cholesterol levels were higher in Takaluans than those in Pakapuans, but vascular disease was uncommon in both populations. The researchers concluded, quote, there is no evidence of high saturated fat intake having a harmful effect in, the, in these populations. Thanks to a recent revelation about coconut oil's many benefits from weight loss to protection against pathogens, quote unquote, it has found its way back into many diets deemed traditional, even paleo diets. One thing I'll say is too is whenever we consider pathogens, let's consider pathogens being something that is literally what the word means, disease causing, mm -hmm. being something from anything that's man-made or chemical, toxic, and that'd be pathogenic, of course, it's disease causing, uh, and not thinking always of a bacteria or a virus as being pathogenic mm -hmm. or disease causing. All right. Um, as in so many indigenous cultures, burning is used to clear land for yam gardens. The typical size is a half acre, but some com communal yam gardens are as large as 10 acres and the small kitchen gardens are around 1,000 square feet. Price noted that the islanders living on native foods suffered only 0.14% tooth decay, while those consuming the foods of commerce, all right, that would be the white man's foods, had at least 26% tooth decay. Even remote islands producing a product that had value on the civilized world, dried coconut or copra. In the early days, the islanders traded copra for sugar and white flour with disaster effect, disastrous effects on their teeth. Long before dentists arrived to cope with the epidemic of caries, the islanders suffered, suffered from the traditional pain of tooth decay. Abseth teeth often led to suicide. If one will picture a community of several thousand people with an average of 30% of all teeth attacked by dental caries wrote Price and not a single dentist or dental instrument available for assistance of the entire group, a slight realization is had of the mass suffering that has to be endured. The next generation suffered from changes in facial structure, narrowing faces resulting in crowded teeth and other detrimental structures. Price visited a tuberculosis ward in Hawaii and noted that every patient there had dental deformities. The crowded teeth did not cause TB, of course, but Price surmised that the poor lung development that accompanied poor facial development made these young people susceptible to the often fatal disease. Today, throughout the South Pacific, white bread, rice, cassava, crackers have largely replaced sweet potatoes, taro, yams, and breadfruit. Canned meat, beers, sugar, soft drinks, and snack foods are consumed in place of fish, shellfish, free-ranging poultry, and the fat and blood of the pigs. The high-carbohydrate traditional diet of the islanders can only work when augmented with nutrient-dense animal foods, particularly foods that supply the fat-soluble vitamins A, D, E, and K. If the islanders are using chemical-based sunscreen, Rather than coconut oil, another source of nourishment is lost. Today, modern islanders suffer from many chronic illnesses, especially obesity and diabetes. The decline in health accelerated during the 1960s, as described in a touching letter written to Weston A. Price Foundation. As a child, I had an experience 
similar to that of Weston Price. My family spent six weeks each summer traveling to different parts of the world. Our favorite was the Pacific Islands, so I was there four times from 1958 to 1968. In that space of time, we noticed dramatic changes in the children on the island. My father was a gynecologist, uh, an infertility specialist particularly, and my mother was an anthropologist, sociologist, so we noticed those things. On the last visit when our cruise ship arrived, the crew told us we had to wait to disembark because of the Sara Lee coffee cakes that got off first. They told us they would be sold out to the stores within 24 hours. On our first visit, the children were round-faced with wide, beautiful smiles and gleaming, even teeth. They, were, they smiled, laughed, and ran around playing. By the last visit, they looked like poor Americans with pinched faces, darkened, uneven teeth, and sullen expressions. There was more, there was more picking on one another than playing. The South Pacific was no longer paradise. During that time, the French completely transformed Papeete Tahiti for their nuclear programs, and American Samoa was likewise changed. Even in Hawaii, the same thing was evident. You know, I was just looking at, too, like, what the poorest countries were of the U.S. populations, and American Samoa is one of them, the Virgin Islands, where they've taken these people and they've just devastated their lives. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, just destroyed. I mean, obviously, I, there's no, you don't need to be told yeah. the way that... <laughs> The uh, colonization won't. is just disgusting. Yeah, it's a, especially I mean, when you're taking people off of native diets, and obviously we're all off of native diets. We all have been off native diets for hundreds of years. Yeah, and we're all in disease states now and just toxic. Uh, I mean, we're all grocery store. You know, yeah. we're we're being fed the poisons that we're trying to fight against, and it's it it sickens me just mm -hmm. as much as the next man. You know. Yeah. Well, you go into the grocery store and look at if you go into the store look around just one next time and just see where are all the fresh foods if you look to the right of course it makes it look like it's healthy or the left wherever it's usually to the right yeah. where all the produce is yeah and most people go to the right so that's the thing is they step in and they get the fresh food first they see that and then after that they step into the land of processed foods which is the rest of the, the store um, and it's 90 probably 97 to 98 percent of all the food in that store is processed the largest part of the store is the center and what is in the center, Derry? All the junk food. All the junk food, <laughs> all the processed food, the garbage. It's aisles and aisles and aisles of colorful, colorful Oh, yeah. All the, all the dyes and everything. All the, just right from the beginning, you catch, they, they catch the, the kid's eye and they're going to harass you to buy it for them because it, it, it's the cartoon or mm -hmm. it's the, you know, something that yep. they're into. And they feed that to your kids and you wonder why that they have such, um, a problem mm -hmm. concentrating and look at the hospitals when you walk through the hospitals and you see the amazing immaculate medicine uh, uh, apparatuses that they're using yeah. and look at the hospitals they look as big as the churches yeah they look as big and beautiful as the churches yeah. and of course the churches are getting there asking for their money and the hospitals are asking for their money too yep um, and it's unbelievable what you see when you make uh, basically an entire nation of people sick and disease. Where do you think they're going to go? Especially when they've been told that that's where they're supposed to go. They're yeah. not supposed to go to the grocery store to get healthy foods where there's only 2% of the store that's got health food. Yeah. And they're supposed to go to the hospital with this amazing, immaculate, cutting-edge science that's man knows better than than you know than nature. Yeah, and what gets me now is that they're all, um, a lot of it is being shipped out and uh prepared for you easily so you can just cook so it. easy man yeah and <laughs> the, you forget that you know they're and they're pushing the protein oh it's full of protein mm -hmm. it's full of protein yeah. but how much salt and how much sugar are they using to make it taste good exactly yeah. i mean and yeah, then you got fat. the preservative and then you got all yeah. the preservatives that they have to put into it so it lasts 
as long as it gets to your door or right to your freezer you know and it it's been like that since i think the 20s and when they started pushing out saturated fats which people are using at home from their animals yeah what happens when you tell uh, somebody get olean or oleo excuse me and uh to buy um you know crisco which Mm -hmm. when you could go right outside and get it from your cow you could get cream Mm -hmm. you could go get from your pig you could go get lard uh tallow from your from your goats or your or your cows or even your pig i guess and you could use that but what did they do they started selling you on tv the stuff at the store so to get you off of the farm foods and we've lost probably 70 to 80 percent of the farms in the united states in the last like maybe uh 70 80 years Mm -hmm. and so people started stepping into the grocery store to buy their processed foods they completely went away from the farm life which was the healthier life and um also too when you replace the fats with processed vegetable fats and hydrogenated oils you start putting sugar and, sh- and salt like yeah. you said in there yep. to flavor up the foods because of the fat deficiency that's in the foods oh yeah and i mean course, and it's the same with the milk i mean that that was my high that was my um your protein and fat source yeah and that, skim milk maybe, yeah you know? and that was where my basis was was like okay they're taking all that healthy fat out yep and then you're well, you're, they're taking all that bad fat yeah there, yeah right? yeah they're yeah. saving yeah. you yeah. i i can consi- i consider it healthy fat <laughs> and then they had to re-add back in yeah it's healthy fat now but yeah. they had to re-add back in the vitamin a d e k yeah. whatever because they took it out when they they siphoned off all well they homogenized it yep. and they pulled off all the fat that was in there so all the nutrient value is gone nutrient value is gone yep and then you wonder why you're lactose intolerant mm-hmm. you're not getting it in its natural state I mean, and as a native, everybody here is um, almost, you know, um, pretty much lactose intolerant. And And, and it's cool that you say that, too, because um, especially me, even, I had severe allergies to milk. Mm -hmm. And guess I put, uh, I mean, 70, 60, 70% of my clients are Native Americans, and I've put a lot of them on raw milk, and not one of them has had an issue. That's awesome. It's it's because, specifically, even if you go back three, four generations, five, six generations probably Uh would be the more accurate, um, if you killed an animal on the field, you, if, if it was uh, milking, um, if it was lactating, you, the, the most revered part of the animal would be the milk first after the animal is killed. And then the adrenal glands and the mm-hmm. liver and, you know, uh, what, uh, whatever they needed, whatever the warrior needed or whatever the family needed. But that was it. The milk was first. It was one of the, it's, it's basically, it, it is a perfect food, but it was basically the most revered food. And in every country that had animals that milked, even the go up to Alaska and you go up to the Arctic Circle, the reindeer, they would have you know basically um half somatic uh, excuse me um nomadically r- milk them and they would uh you know there were half nomadic or semi-nomadic people that would follow the reindeer around mm-hmm. and milk them and uh, have them as pets but also let them run wild and eat the grasses and all that stuff in the in the, in the mosses so every culture if you go anywhere and i'm going to read that in the next chapter if they had animals to milk they milked them or mm-hmm. if they had animals that killed that had milk they got the milk um, so it's, you know, it's a lot of Native Americans would say milk wasn't a traditional food, but it actually it really was. And it's not mm-hmm. like it was like, as, as far as Europeans, no, it was not that much, but it's every culture that could would. <laughs> I mean, um, every the, culture breast, that could the would. breast milk is... Obviously, yeah. Y- yeah, everybody grows up on milk. I mean, uh, like um, our, everybody breastfed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the babies were healthy and getting... Everybody nutrient. used to breastfed. Yeah, it used to be, yeah. <laughs> and I can't, st- I mean... It's so I bad now that people think that a lot of times that breast milk is not good for you. And they were told that back in the 80s, mm-hmm. especially my wife as being a, an OB uh, midwife. She said that they, in the 80s, were pushing all that. They were pushing, guess what they were pushing? If the mother wouldn't, la- if baby wouldn't latch on mother, they would uh, have a little welcome packet in the room from Similac or whatever yeah, company that yeah, had Ensure. Yeah. And they would say, here's your little free gift basket. Uh-huh. And guess what? We've got some formula in there. And what would that do?
into it, just like selling Cheerios on TV. Yeah. It would it get the person hooked, and they would say, oh, it's just so easy. I don't have to pump every two hours. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to have And this they can kid. go on with their lives. Go on with their lives. Yeah. Their kid's face doesn't develop. They're not working their muscles mm-hmm. as they're trying to stay up on mom's breast. They're not doing any of the development. Weston Price just mentioned that if you didn't breastfeed, if these kids didn't get the nutrition in their teeth and their mouth would be, uh, their mouth, uh, basically the, ma- the mandible and the uh, maxilla, would the parts of the jaw basically wouldn't have the room for the teeth and their teeth would be crowded and mm-hmm. all just disheveled. And um, their lungs would be super narrow because their skeletal structure was narrow. Yeah. They would grow skinny and like lanky and mm-hmm. they would get tuberculosis extremely easily and tuberculosis was a deficiency in toxicity disease that happened within six months to a year for most cultures that didn't eat uh their raw or e- even cooked but their single ingredient indigenous organic foods mm-hmm. so um let's see let's move on to africa and this is the land of fermented foods so dr weston a price visited africa in 1935 his journey into the interior began in mombasa kenya on the east coast of africa then progressed inland through kenya to the belgian congo then northward through the Belgian Congo, Sudan, and Egypt. Throughout his studies of isolated populations on native diets, Price recorded the contrast of native sturdiness and good health with a generation found in the local white populace living off the, quote, displacing foods of modern commerce. Such as sugars, white flour, vegetable oils, canned foods, and condensed milk. Nowhere was the contrast more evident than in Africa. In addition to their susceptibility to chronic diseases such as cancer, heart disease, intestinal problems, and tooth decay, Europeans living in Africa showed little resistance to infectious disease carried by mosquitoes, lice, and flies. Price noted that in all districts it was recognized and expected that foreigners must plan to spend a portion of every few years or even every year outside that environment if they could keep well. Children born in that country to Europeans were generally expected to spend several of their growing years in Europe or America if they would build relatively normal bodies. As we shall see, the African resistance to disease observed by Dr. Price stemmed not only from high levels of vitamins and minerals in the native diet, but also from the widespread use of a variety of fermented raw foods. In many areas of Africa, even today, milk and milk products provided a large portion of calories. Africa shares the practice of herding cattle, sheep, goats, camels, water buffalo, horses, donkeys, yak, and reindeer with Europe and large areas of Asia. In all these locations, dependence on lactating herds confers an advantage in terms of health and food security. In Africa, according to price it was most interesting to observe that in every instance these cattle people dominated the surrounding tribes they were characterized by superb physical development great bravery and mental acumen and made it possible for them to dominate because of their superior intelligence Uh, See, travel in Africa was considered extremely dangerous in the 1930s, Price observed. Dysentery epidemics were so severe and frequent that we scarcely allowed ourselves to eat any food that had not been cooked or that we had not peeled ourselves. In general, it was necessary to boil all the drinking water. We dared not allow our feet to touch a floor to the ground for fear of jiggers which burrow into the skin of the feet. Scarcely ever when sun, excuse me, when below 6,000 feet were safe after sundown. The step, to step from behind mosquito netting or to go out without the thorough protection against the malaria pest. Disease-carrying ticks were often carriers of severe fevers. We had to be more careful not to touch the hides with their natives protected their bodies from the cold at night. Uh, there was grave danger from the lice that infected the hair of the hides. We dared not enter several districts because of the dreaded tetse fly and the sleeping sickness it carries. Yet the indigenous Africans exhibited a high tolerance to infectious disease, including malaria carried by mosquitoes, typhus, and fevers transmitted by lice, sleeping sickness borne by the tetse fly. Okay, so right there, he just said specifically, if I, what I just said to you, the Europeans were living in Africa, eating garbage, eating cooked and processed foods. They were cooking and processing everything, blaming it on the water, which the water was loaded with bacteria, healthful bacteria, 
and of course too there were maybe they were living in unclean conditions and if you look at any european culture as soon as they cleaned up their living conditions they didn't have disease anymore every single disease not because of a virus but going back to cleaning up the living conditions cleaning up their environment that was toxic stopped the spread so-called of the disease so what he's saying is that uh, yet the indigenous Africans exhibited a very high intolerance to infectious disease. Well, of course they had to, because if they didn't, they didn't survive, including malaria carried by mosquitoes, typhus, and fevers transmitted by lice, sleeping sickness borne by the setse fly. In every single one of these animals listed, there's toxicity and deficiency that's being spread back and forth. So their immune systems, they're getting stronger? Is that what you were saying? If they're eating a raw foods diet, they literally are immune to dis-ease. And Uh and when I say that, they're immune to toxicity and deficiency. Okay, so back in the plague days, they blamed it on rats, basically fleas of Mm -hmm. rats that caused the disease, even though really what was going on was the streets were disgusting. They were throwing piss and shit into the streets. They had really, really disgusting environments. They did not live clean lives. They ate bad food. Uh, They poisoned themselves regularly with mercury and mercury vapors, particularly from coal uh, they used in fireplaces and they had really, really leaky stoves and leaky uh, fireplaces. Once they started burning coal, mercury vapors would cause immediate poisoning and toxicity. Folks who lived in the country who also ate raw didn't get these diseases. Um, you saw tons of people who used to take care of these uh, smallpox, or excuse me, bubonic plague individuals, and they didn't get sick themselves, uh-huh. especially if they weren't deficient and toxic and weren't exposed to the same poisonous, you know, uh, smokes typically, oh, like yeah. the carcinogenic mercury vapors. Yeah. Um, mercury poisoning particularly has a severe... Um, ex- basically it shows up in severe toxicity on the skins because it bubbles up the skin when it's being when you get that much poison in your body um, it'll immediately your body will try to excrete it from your tissues and fast enough and rapidly enough it goes out through the skin um, so you'll see that with plague you'll see that with particularly if it was you know anything to do with smallpox I'm not sure but smallpox especially mm-hmm. chemical toxicity and deficiency in the environments that they lived a lot of diseases are blamed on animals and they're not animals at all that are causing these diseases just because you get bit by a mosquito doesn't mean that necessarily that the mosquito is the cause of the disease if at any time you got bit by a mosquito mosquito and they had any bacteria on them or they injected you with anything it's almost basically unlikely that happens because mosquitoes pull things outwards not inwards mm-hmm. but they they also put foreign materials into your body to try to numb your skin when they bite. They can. And if any of that material causes any type of histemic reaction and your body's already toxic, you can go into a histamine-like state, a very toxic state. And that can happen, especially if you have any foreign material that's not that's ge- basically genetic foreign material to your body uh-huh. can cause a reaction if your body is already toxic. So we call that the immune system. If you're healthy and you're yeah. eating raw foods and organic, your immune system, quote unquote, is 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 high, right? But really, all it is is you're immune to toxic foreign materials, and that would be not bacteria and virus, but that would be chemicals, that would be foreign genetic material, anything that's not foreign to your human DNA. So a lot of these animals, quote unquote, they say could pass disease really if they were ever injecting anything into the body. Why do we have bee stings cause allergies so severe in some people but not in others? Well, some people are more toxic than others. I used to get really bad allergy reactions if I had bee stings. Mm -hmm. I don't anymore. I've got stung by a lot of bees since I've started on my raw foods diet, particularly because I like to work outside a lot in the summer. And there's wasps, uh, little little holes. I don't know if they're wasps or they're ground Mm -hmm. wasps or whatever. But especially when I put up my fence two years ago, I got stung by like three or four of them just at one one time, and they had just little tiny little bumps. That was it. Uh, Ten years earlier, I think it was 11 years earlier, I got cellulitis when I got stung by one bee on my finger. My whole entire finger swelled up and went into my hand. They had to give me vancomycin, which is basically your strongest antibiotic, and that's the only thing that did it. 
take it away and that was before i knew anything about eating right and yeah, you know yeah. so that's what happened before that and mm -hmm. i would have gotten worse and worse progressively over the years if i got stung by a bee more and more over mm -hmm. time that's what happens that's really what happens yeah. and they they interpret that as oh the setse fly is causing the disease or the mosquito is causing the malaria it's not how it works at all i know you'll hear that that's not true <laughs> but i can prove it to you especially if you read the invisible rainbow yeah. book you'll even yep. see malaria disease over and over again when they get emf poisoning um that's not just the only thing that causes malaria or can malaria like disease but mm -hmm. anyway i know i used to get poison oak i don't anymore mm -hmm. you know i used to get it really really bad yeah you see bumps and itchiness yeah. all over your body yeah i mean it would it would make me bedridden mm -hmm. i mean that's all I would get it. I was affected by it. Yep. And nowadays I could walk through the woods, no problem. And Clean I don't up your get environment. It. Yep. Yep. Uh, That's it. I just made it stronger, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and we call that the immune system, but we blame it. You got, you know, like poison ivy or poison oak. Yeah. You're getting exposed to a foreign genetic material, especially if it's an irritant material, if it's phototoxic, like a hogweed or, um, you know, Queen Anne's lace or whatever. Yeah. You can have irritations, severe irritations, and poisonous, you know, experiences. They're not carcinogenic. That's one thing that's really interesting yeah. about nature is that if it's in its whole food form, it's not carcinogenic. It does not cause cancer like any man-made chemicals will, but it definitely does cause irritation, inflammation, and reaction in the body. All right, so... But it's all about the terrain of your body and how bad there appeared not to be a single tooth attacked by dental caries nor a single malformed dental arch. Several other tribes were found with nearly complete immunity to dental caries. In 13 tribes, we did not meet a single individual with irregular teeth. Yet none of these healthy groups were immune to the rapid onset of tooth decay and degeneration of disease, degenerative disease following the advent of modern industrial foods. Dental deformities are very obvious in modern uh, photographs of African tribesmen and also too by the way right after they would eat these foods malaria would strike um, sleeping disease all this stuff would happen to them and of course wow were the mosquitoes and the you know um, the lice and all that and the tetse flying just not biting them before or, or what you know so yeah it it, it's the same either way uh -huh. um, there are some people who have such really good such good pH in their blood that mosquitoes will stay away from them and mm -hmm. that's really really uh, that's you can observe that in people that have really good pH if they're not so animals do also too they seek out disease to flesh to, uh, decrepit material and that's particularly parasites and things like that so if you were to ever have a, a set safe fly land on you or any type of animal that transmits parasites mm -hmm. parasites will only adhere to your body if there is toxicity and deficiency in it so that's really, really um, something that a lot of your cultures, especially your indigenous cultures, they knew they were a lot of them immune to different parasites and things like that, especially if their environment was really clean. Uh, Africa afforded Dr. Price the opportunity to compare primitive groups eating large amounts of animal foods with those following a more plant-based diet. The Maasai of Tanganyika or Tanzania, the Chua of Kenya, the Mohimi of uh, Uganda, the Watusi of of Rwanda and the Nuer and Dinka tribes on the western side of the Nile and the Sudan were all cattle keeping people. Their diets consisting largely of milk, and this is raw milk, raw meat, and basically it's raw blood, removed from the living cattle, supplemented in some cases with fish and small amounts of grains, fruits, and vegetables. These nutrient-dense diets provided large amounts of the fat-soluble vitamins Price discovered to be necessary for proper development of the physical body and freedom from disease. The Nuer especially valued the livers of animals considered to be sacred, quote, that it may not be touched by human hands, it is eaten both raw and cooked. These tribes are noted for their fine physiques and great height. In some groups, the women averaged over six feet tall, and many men reached almost seven feet. Examinations of their teeth revealed very few caries, dental caries, usually less than 0.5%. Nowhere in Price's travels had he yet found groups that had no cavities at all, yet among the tribes of Africa, the herded cattle had access to fish, 
uh, Dr. Price found six tribes that were completely free of dental decay. Furthermore, all members of these tribes exhibited straight, uncrowded teeth. Largely vegetarian Bantu tribes in Central Africa, such as the Kikuyu and the Wakamba, were agriculturists. Their diet consisted of sweet potatoes, corn, beans, bananas, millet, and sorghum. They were less robust than their meat-eating neighbors in terms of physical size. Price found that vegetarian groups had some tooth decay, usually around 5-6% to 6 of all teeth, still small numbers compared to the local pure Europeans living off of store-bought foods. Even among those largely vegetarian tribes, however, dental occlusions were rare, as were degenerative diseases. Now, they didn't all go vegetarian completely. They all had animal products, so let's just make that a point. So that's why I think they would see a lot higher numbers if they had completely vegetarian, which literally they wouldn't even be able to reproduce after two or three generations. Mm -hmm. uh, many investigators have mistakenly claimed that Bantu groups considered no animal products at all. There it is right there. However, some tribes kept a few cattle and goats, which supplied both milk and meat. They ate small animals such as frogs, and they put a high value on insects as food. Price noted that, quote, the natives of Africa know that certain insects are very rich in special food values at certain seasons, also that their eggs are valuable foods. A fly that hatches in enormous quantities in Lake Victoria is gathered and used fresh and dried for storage. They also used ant eggs and ants. Other insects such as bees, wasps, beetles, butterflies, moths, crickets, dragonflies, and termites were sought out and consumed with relish by tribes throughout Africa, a practice that continues in many parts of Africa today. These insects are rich in the same fat soluble factors found in blood, organ meats, and fish and butter fat. Whether their diet was carnivorous or largely plant-based, the African groups that Price studied supplemented the diet this is really the most important part. They supplemented the diet of pregnant women and growing children with nutrient-dense foods, including liver, insects, and deep yellow butter from pastured cows. That ensured the ease of production and optimum growth. So, animal foods, okay? Uh, the Maasai and related herding, tribe, herding tribes placed for marriage after they set fire to dry pastures preceding the rainy seasons after which green grass came up for the cattle to graze. They also took pains to give every pregnant and lactating woman and every growing child a daily ration of blood drawn from their cattle. The healthiest groups that Price studied was the Dinka, a Sudanese tribe on the western bank of the Nile. They were not as tall as the Nuer groups, but Price considered them to having better proportions and to having greater strength. Like the Nuer tribes, the Dinka kept cattle, but also supplemented their diet with fish and cereal grains. This is perhaps the greatest lessons of Price's African research, that a diet of whole foods, one that avoids the extremes of carnivorous Maasai and the largely vegetarian Bantu, and incorporates nutrient-dense milk products, meat, organ meats, grains, and seafood, ensures optimum physical development for health. Um, Dr. George Prentice, writing in 1923 in the British Medical Journal, noted that the Africans, quote, when they came, say, when they can get it, they eat far more meat than white people. There's no limit to the variety or the condition. And some might wonder whether there is a limit to the quantity. They, they are only vegetarians when there is nothing else to be had. Anything from a field mouse to an elephant is welcomed. So, when forced to, they will not. <laughs> Uh, agriculture and domestication of animals in the Sudan dates from ancient times. The people grew cereal grains and raised cattle. Herodotus writes the king of Moar, Moreau, told visitors that his people ate milk and boiled meat and that most of them lived to 120 years of age. Strabo visited Sudan in 7 BC, reporting that its people lived on millet and barley and used grass, tender twigs, lotus, and reed roots as food in addition to meat, blood, and milk, and cheese. Instead of olive oil, however, they consumed butter and tallow. An inscription dating to 8350 refers to the consumption of grain and dried meat. What binds the long history and diverse people of the Sudan is the consumption of fermented foods. Over 80 fermented foods nourish the inhabitants of this fascinating African microcosm. In fact, almost all foods in the traditional tribal diets are eaten in fermented form. In addition to meat, blood, grains, and milk, and fermented ingredients, excuse me, fermented ingredients include organ meats, intestine fat, bones, 
hooves, hides, bile juice, cow urine, fish, frogs, caterpillars, locust, and honey. Fermented plant foods include grapes and dates for wine, all cereal grains, tubers, legumes, press cake, and wild leaves. Many tribes strongly believe that the consumption of fermented foods protect them from disease and gives them a long life. Quote, he who does not eat fermented foods should expect disease is a Sudanese saying, in particular, uncooked fermented foods and beverages rich in probiotic bacteria protect against infectious disease, as they call it, such as malaria. Vitamin content and mineral availability increase during fermentation. Fermentation also increases shelf life in the hot climate of the Sudan and preserves food for the times of shortage. Uh, just give me one second here. Let's read this real quick. Um, there was a little asterisk near malaria. In the UK's Department for International Development, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation will spend more than $4 billion over five years from 2016 onward in an effort to end the deaths caused by malaria. Current eradication efforts include toxic spraying for mosquitoes and expensive medications that can have serious side effects. But what if an effective preventive measure for malaria had existed all along before highly educated scientists tried to solve the problem without ensuring native wisdom? In Djibouti, oh, Djibouti, yeah. The natives brew a partially lacto-fermented, partially alcoholic beverage from palm sap. Quote, it is very nutritious, even for children, explained camel guide Hussan Mohammed Hussan. You can put it in their sorghum cereal. It's full of vitamins. That way they don't get malaria. The mosquitoes bite them, but they don't get the disease. So let's break this down. Two seconds. Malaria, a deficiency disease. And it's a, tox it's a toxicity disease as well, but it's, it's literally as simple as that. Almost every single disease, if you watch that video, I'm going to post the link um, to the video on my Facebook page with the radio show. Mm -hmm. I'm going to post it underneath the radio show in the comment section. If you if you look um, in the listing in that two-hour video, I just played a portion of it for the vaccine damages that we just heard. You're going to see almost all of the diseases, like even colds and flus, yeah. deficiency and toxicity. They'll even show these certain deficiencies. Almost 80% of all of the so-called COVID cases have a vitamin D deficiency. Um, and, of course, they give vitamin D and zinc in a lot of other countries, and they're healing with almost 100% success. That's awesome. You know, um, that that video so is excellent. Yeah, it's so easy to explain if you look at disease from a deficiency and toxicity standpoint. Why, why, why on earth, Derry, would they not want you to find out that disease is just simply deficiency and toxicity? Money. Money. <laughs> it's, it's just as simple as <laughs> that. that. Simple, it's man. that simple. And yep. we've been told over and over and over again, take this vaccine, take this drug, uh, prevent this disease by taking this you know, a ridiculous medication or whatever. Yeah. And who has the biggest stake in vaccines? Well, Bill Gates. Yeah, well, the, yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> He's in, in control of all of this. The, CD, the CDC actually basically has patents on pretty much half the vaccines that are um, in the um, – scheduled and excuse me in the schedule for zero to 18 year old children the cdc owns patents which means they make profit yeah and they have a vested interest in giving you the same research that supports any of their claims and causes which their science is called scientism it's a worship of and uh you know us basically a a faith in their science which all of it's manipulated. It's ghostwritten. It's data dredged. Um, it's paid for and bought for by the pharmaceutical companies. Yep. That'd be like me and you doing a study to, you know, say our skateboards are better than someone else's skateboards, even though our skateboards are like the cheapest garbage ever. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they go faster and wh whatever. You know what I mean? How could you trust our study? Unless you did a third-party independent study investigate investigation, unbiased, unbiased, yeah, unbiased you know, completely yeah, open-minded, dis disinterested. You know that's yep. the most important thing is that the person who's doing it, it has no vested interest. They're completely disinterested. All right, um, let's read a little more here, and then we'll be done. 
Okay, so in the Sudanese, the Sudanese divide their many fermented foods into four categories. Staple foods that provide lots of calories such as grains and tubers, sauces or relishes that are eaten with staple foods, most frequently raw milk and raw milk products, butter or ghee, but also sauces based on meat, Oregon meats, fish, vegetable flavors and meat substitutes. Alcoholic beverages including beer made from grain, wine made from grapes or dates, and mead made from honey, and special foods for festivals and occasions such as weddings, male circumcisions, Ramadan, and for traveling. Many fermented foods are considered sacred, necessary for vibrant health. The one non-fermented food considered sacred is fresh milk. Durer argues for a cottage industry of fermented foods in Africa to improve nutrition of the poor and hungry, and criticizes the fact that fermented foods are denigrated or ignored by scientists and the elite. Whatever their history and prehistory, fermented foods today hold a central position in the nutrition of the Sudanese. Their actual contribution to the well-being of man has never been assessed, and they have been completely overlooked by the concerned agencies and individuals. Sorghum is the staple food of Sudan, consumed as a sourdough, flatboard, or sour porridge, usually with a sauce of sour milk. Over 30 different fermented sorghum foods with beverages, the preparation of which can be complicated and sophisticated, nourish the Sudanese. Without fermentation, sorghum is unfit for human consumption as it contains many so-called anti-nutrients, tannins, phytic acid, and enzyme inhibitors among them. And that's where soaking comes in. That's where soaking your seeds come in. That's where sprouting your seeds come mm -hmm. in. Fermenting your seeds, that's why we do it. Um, because they're yet they're not... I don't call them anti-nutrients. I call them enzyme inhibitors, which uh -huh. is what they're properly called. Enzyme inhibitors are on the outside of the seed shell. If you were to swallow a seed whole and you were to you know, crap it out the other end, the seed should still be intact because the acids in your stomach cannot penetrate that enzyme inhibitor. That's why when people eat beans and they're not soaked first, they will get tons of gas because yeah. of the phytic acid, the enzyme inhibitors, that your body cannot break those seeds down unless they're mashed or chewed first. And then if they're not done the proper way, which is soaked first, they are not, those enzyme inhibitors are still intact and surrounding the seeds or crushed up in the seed, in the mash, in your intestinal tract. Causes all that gas, burping, and bloating. Mm -hmm. So the grain is usually fermented in water, which basically that's the soaking process, but sometimes they do it in sour milk, which is even better. In folk medicine, a type of sorghum is used to cure whooping cough, although the most widespread treatment in Africa is donkey milk. Wow. Raw donkey milk. <laughs> that's it. That's all it would take, you know? I've got this book I just got from, um, I'm going to stop here. I got this book I got from Amazon called The Raw Milk Cure. Mm -hmm. um, it was a raw milk diet. I think it's the name of the book. I forget. Um, but it's an old school book written in the early 1900s. This guy, this doctor was using, um, this book's got 70 years of knowledge in it. This guy was using raw milk to cure everything. And, uh, of course, we talked about um, the guy, the doctor who founded the Mayo Clinic, and that was raw milk fasting that they used to basically found that clinic. It was not the only thing, but they used a lot of raw foods. It was basically a health food sanitarium. And which we, the Gerson therapy does that over in Mexico. There's a lot of clinics that have, they do raw food fasting and they heal diseases like you would not believe. They've got almost an 80% success rate in healing cancer, just raw food juicing. Yeah. And that's a vegetarian you know, solution. Yeah. If you add in the raw animal products, which is what the raw milk diet did, they had almost, um, it was like in the nineties for, for no um, it was almost a hundred percent for their success in oh, healing diseases. Awesome. And if they didn't heal them completely, the other book, the book testified too, is that they, they had diseases for older folks. They had an extreme improvement in their health if they didn't heal them completely. But if they kept continuing the raw milk fasting or just raw milk consumption, they got always, always got better. Um, unless it was extremely, extremely late in the game, which it does happen. But, you know, yeah. in almost all cases, they were healing or healed. That's awesome. So it's just so amazing. 
if it's that it's that simple it's that simple and nobody wants it to be that simple a lot of times because they've been told their entire life it's not that simple yeah i mean i've got folks that i've told years ago when i first started learning this stuff i mean i had one one guy that i played softball with who argued with me that food didn't heal disease it was the most ridiculous statement i ever heard and he really believed it. He didn't believe that food had that power at all. And, of course, this kid was 350 pounds almost. He was extremely overweight, um, you know, with uh, diabetes-type uh, issues and yeah. severe, severe back um, back pain. And he, he always had – he was – you know what? He, this is the funniest thing about that guy is that he missed half our softball games because he was either out with back injuries or sick. Uh-huh. Out of everybody on the team, he was always the one that missed the most games. Because he was always sick, or he didn't feel good, or this, that, or the mm-hmm. other thing. But he was the one that believed that food didn't have power to heal you, and he ate Taco Bell and McDonald's and all that stuff. You know, so it's just it speaks for itself. Yeah. Know? Yes. I. I food is I power. Can't, it's powerful. I always say, you know, like I, <laughs> I always go back to that saying. I, I when I was uh, doing the green room and producing music and getting stuff all live, I always say, food is medicine, and so is the music and. You can't drive Vibrations. that. Yeah, and you can't drive that through. You just keep driving it through people's minds, man. It's right there. Put the right stuff in, and the outcome should be great, you know? Like, um, since I've been on the raw egg diet, uh-huh. my diabetes is not there. What diabetes? Yeah, what <laughs> diabetes? I mean, and all I did, I've been doing my green drinks. Yeah. I've been doing the raw egg diet. With, um, of course, uh, you know, all natural fruit, uh, organic fruit, and just mixing it with whatever I can. If not, then I just add a little raw honey just to give it some flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest, it doesn't taste. It, well, you it doesn't have it a taste. taste. Yeah. yeah, you can make it taste. Taste real whatever good. you yeah. want. Yeah. That's so, and that, as a chef, that's what I do. And j- I'm you just. You don't really need it to taste good if you're doing it for medicinal purposes, too. That's not the entire point. Yeah. And I yeah. never made my. Honestly, for me, I didn't care about what my shakes tasted like. I yeah. cared about what they did for me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would throw literally. I'd throw dairy. I'd throw garlic in those shakes. Yeah. Two cloves. I'd throw turmeric, whole roots in there, ginger, uh, just the, whole Just lemons. the properties, them healing yeah. properties yeah. of all of that stuff yeah. you're putting into it. It's yeah. just beneficial all the way around. And I can't preach enough on how I feel. Knowing that my sugar is down and I'm not on any pills, I'm monitoring my sugar just to just to see. Yeah, well, you've got a history. You yep, know, so, yep. so I'm waiting for you know a certain spike. Years and, and years I, later, you'll be able to keep that to the point where you'll be so recovered and in control mm-hmm. with your pancreas. Your pancreas will be fully healed. It'll take years. Yeah. But that's you know you took years to get in this position. Yeah. But you'll get to the point to where you won't even need to worry about it anymore because you'll have so much control of your diet it won't even matter. And you mm-hmm. could go out and have something to eat that wasn't good. You know, if it's a yeah. celebration or whatever, and not not done all the time. You know, and yeah. you'd be you'd be fine. Well, after. My birthday, the wife's birthday, we, um, you know, we ate whatever we wanted because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's our treat, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so after a week of that, um, it was my sugar did spike, of course, you of know. Course. It's, 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 it's going it to spike, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I tried to get away from the potatoes and the, the starches. I, I right. rarely eat that stuff, but occasionally I'll grab a bag of chips or whatever, you know. But um, I really try not to, and... Over that time, you'll get thing. even better at it. Right now, I'm all about. I do the green drink uh, for lunch. I cooked a. Um, I had a. Uh, what do you call it? Cor- uh, I can't even pronounce it. It's like a pulled pork ta- uh, taco, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, I made it the other day. I reheated it this morning. No, no bread, no nothing. Just the vegetables that I cooked it in, along with some seasonings, and I did a green drink. Mm-hmm. I feel great. I'm not bloated. You know, I didn't have the bread to or, or the tortilla to go wrapping around it. I just ate it, just the meat, and I had my green drink. Right. I feel great this afternoon, and I feel like I'm not 
tired where normally I'm like want to take a nap. Yep. Right about now. Sluggish. <laughs> yeah. Tired, toxic. That's and right now I'm I'm awake. I'm I'm not I'm not sluggish, and I feel good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I I can't stress enough how important it is to put the right stuff in there. Digestive leukocytosis is the definition, mm-hmm. the proper one, for when you feel real tired and real sluggish. And mm-hmm. that term, you know, is literally meaning white blood cells are released because the, boys, the body's been poisoned. Mm-hmm. And they leak into the bloodstream, those cooked or processed foods, undigested, and they're gigantic particles. And they're not meant to be in the blood, not in that form. Um, they're not supposed to be. They're, 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 you know, God designed the body perfectly to handle that crap. But unfortunately after years and years of it we get diseases because it accumulates in our bodies that's what all the viruses and mm-hmm. bacteria are doing these days that's why we have 10,000 diseases and more it's because our bodies accumulate so many there's 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 probably a damn near a million different things that could poison you in the environment if you choose to clean up the environment that you're surrounding yourself in then that's your choice and that's what i've done you know that's what you're working on yeah that's I'm what a lot of people it. are doing and they're they're seeing a dramatic improvement i mean when i say i haven't had symptoms in nine years minus the stupid poisoning um i haven't had any issues that's because i've chose my diet and i've chose my you know my clothing the stuff i wash my clothes in is all literally just essential oils and raw fats uh the stuff i wash my hair with and my body with is all raw fats and essential oils um in the house you know i use for scents and things like that just essential oils i clean my 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 floors and i clean my countertops with essential oils and water that's it uh what i consume for drinks is fermented and raw foods or it's clean ionically bound water with minerals in it uh my food supply is all organic there's not anything unorganic i at least try not to it's probably 99 percent organic and one percent from my wife slips in something here and there <laughs> you know what i mean but she knows better too you know and that's it it's like everything we try to control and of course worse i'm surrounded by chemicals the paints off gassing on the walls the carpet i got in my the house EMFs. you know the emfs yeah the wi-fi the five you yeah, know the the, well, the 4g that we're surrounded with yeah. radio and broadband i have come to my house so i also try to combat that stuff i've got a blue shield plug-in which is called a tesla blue shield plug-in i did i heard about that i read about it Yep. recently and, and that pushes scalar waves back out which help to kind of reharmonize the any type of uh, emf waves that i'm getting hit with that are man-made those things are not natural to our environment they're not meant to be in our environment so those help to reorganize the waves and those when they hit me they're not as bad and i'll i sleep so much better now at night my red blood cells they're not as damaged if they were before when they were getting hit and of course we're seeing today is severe emf poisoning especially with the yeah that i mean that, that's the, that's the research that i've done um that you brought forth and then got uh, you know oh, that rabbit hole that you know mm-hmm. it's just doors are opening and i'm questioning everything so i picked up that e- it's called emf by uh, dr joseph marsola or marcola oh marcola okay yeah yep. and um it's just a great book. I knew book. I knew that book. I knew I knew the <laughs> name when you said it. And uh, it's just it, it's just amazing and knowledge. It, it just opened my mind to start to think like, okay, now I'm sitting here in front of a radio almost all day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I basically because of you know I don't do the things that I used to do. I love going to concerts and stuff, so that's null and void. Um, so I'm not able to do that. I got to do everything through YouTube and to get my f- concert fix, yeah. you know, and memories and whatnot. But you took a proactive choice. You just yeah. said recently. You told me, "What did you do? You uh, hardwired." Yeah, I I took picked the I went got the the internet Ethernet cable, and plugged in to get away from the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. But that's only one device. Yeah. I'm surrounded by devices everywhere. My phone, and we're constantly doing that. So 
you had mentioned that 5G is it's coming. I mean, this lockdown. Yeah, this it seems like it, right it's now. it's a coincidence that it's all um, rolling out at the same time because you think about well, okay, let's put them in lockdown. They won't see the towers and the you know stuff going up. Which and when it was, they flying. were getting a push. They were getting a pushback from everybody. They didn't want the 5G. Yeah. So now, okay, now all of a sudden they introduce 5G to the major cities, and where's the hotspots for COVID right now? They're pretty much all in those same major yeah, cities. And, and Long Island, which has the most towers, I believe, in New York State, has the most cases of disease. And they happen to be surrounded by, I think, 1,600 or 1,700 Wi-Fi towers going all the way through that 100-mile stretch of, of Long Island. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, uh, when Cornwall got their 5G tower, I've seen tons of people coming from there, the natives that can pass from Canada to yeah. uh, you know the U.S. They're coming to me, and I'm seeing... It's, it's it's coinciding exactly at the same time. Yeah. Not too long after the 5G tower went up there in Cornwall, we're starting to see all of these symptoms, people with lung issues and blood issues. Yep. They're super tired and sluggish, and that's the same symptoms as the same diseases that um, Marconi developed when he exposed himself to radio waves for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what can you do? Well, I told her she's going to do it, and she's moving out of the area because she's so EMF sensitive, this lady. Mm -hmm. She's got COPD from it now. And that's just one of the many diseases. But all these same symptoms. Attention deficit disorder with the kids. Oh I yeah, mean, sure. there's just so much. Yeah, well, they took um, Wi-Fi and they put, or sorry, a baby monitor and they stuck it in a baby's crib. And if you read the Invisible Rain yeah. book, you'll read the study. These kids, they, they cried um, like an insane amount more, a percentage more than children that didn't have those, in the, mm -hmm. those monitors in their crib, which the monitors are silent, but the EMFs aren't. And yeah. they hit their cells and they vibrate their cells at, unfortunately, just slightly different frequencies than what our bodies vibrate vibrate at and tesla said specifically if you study science and you study the body and you study nature through vibrations and you study it through harmonies and resonance he goes you'll learn so much more about science than you've ever learned in yeah your entire and that's that's where i'm at i'm like reading this we're, stuff where vibrations are food or vibrations organic foods are higher vibration mm -hmm. your your sprouts behind you those are growing at a higher vibration than the stuff that's growing in hydroponics that with chemicals and crap, yeah you know. yeah and um i was just like this the, the research on 5g is just it's opening my eyes to where the effects it's going to have on the entire environment your entire environment mm. our entire environment i mean it it's going to affect the soil the trees the plants it has your it food is. your mm -hmm. food is going to be less nutrient dense yep. it's insane people need to wake up like i'm just i, I keep saying wake up but i think ha there's a good number of us that are awake and are accepting some of this stuff and learning and yeah and, and you know what you can do is one or two people you can you can tell one or two people or you can convince one or two people and i've convinced i hope thousands you know uh -huh. and I, I feel like i have i've seen the results after nine years and so influencing even one or two people that can literally change the entire world okay if it's just one or two people that one or two people does one or two more people and so yeah, on and so yeah, forth and yeah. it spreads exponentially but if you have people who are suffering symptoms right now and you can help them kind of correlate uh their causation you can basically you know say hey this could be this and so interesting enough when you're talking about the environment you're seeing tons of massive tree die off and disease yep. and of course the stuff in the sky doesn't help the stuff they're spraying the stuff that they do um with the emf you know the the, the different radiation that happens with the trees and so 5g particularly can't get through a lot of the trees yep. because of the water 
in the in the leaves and that blocks these micro uh, excuse me these millimeter waves that are coming yeah. from 5g particularly and we are made of 70 percent water you know they yeah. say um so we are no different and that's how why and you know why we see all of the disease uh these new disease and, and affecting us so flus deep. Yeah. and things like that and these new viruses so-called um that are causing our cells to exponentially excrete these these um exosomes as they're yeah. called and um it's no different back from the same symptoms that were happening during the Spanish flu to right now. It's the same exact things that are mm -hmm. happening. Electricity studies have been done for the last 250 years, and all of the same symptoms happening in the early days of electricity are happening right now, and you're just seeing more of them. So if you're wondering what you can do, you know, you can check out Tesla Blue Shield. Uh, the lead paint was taken away for a reason. I, know, I mean, you think about how toxic paint is yeah. right now. Paint. If a child ate paint, you know, flakes right now, the kid would basically poison themselves no matter what kind of paint it is because mm -hmm. it's all garbage and toxic yeah. but they took the lead out of paint for one particular reason i believe to stop in the 70s to in the 80s to keep emfs um allowing emfs to penetrate back into houses mm -hmm. and if you allow emfs to get through the walls because there's no lead on the walls anymore you can you can install 3g 4g and 5g later on down the road which is what they did they yeah. started broadcasting television to people's homes um yep. radio waves and stuff like that and lead paint was blocking a lot of that stuff it's an emf protectant and if you believe how I believe that there are certain few people that run this world and uh, very evil people that they really do, and I've read tons of stuff in that video, that two-hour video, you'll see tons of and I just and I've just scratched the surface. How much and they want to kill us? Yeah. They really do, man. And uh, to the, control the population. And these elites don't vaccinate. They don't poison themselves. A lot of times, they try not to subject themselves to the same poisons, mm -hmm. and they protect themselves in very, very particular and smart ways that a lot of people would not even think of. Uh, but uh, they have the money to do whatever they want. I could totally make a Faraday cage in my entire house. If you if you look up what a Faraday cage is, F-A-R-A-D-A-Y, Faraday cage. And you can make your house a Faraday cage if you wanted to. You could get EMF paint for your walls and your roof. You could protect yourself from all of these different ways. Yeah, that's what I had there's, and covered all of the stuff they could do. There's even clothing out there for, you know, you, you could wear. It's expensive, but it's not even really that expensive when you consider all the hospital bills you pay later or the chronic disease that you suffer um, and there's also a lot of ways you can hardwire your lines in your house so that way you're not exposed to Wi-Fi in your house. Um, you'd have to hardwire every single device that you have, your TVs and stuff like that. And even when it's off, it's sending out that signal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even when it's off, it's still searching for that signal, so yeah. you're still being exposed no matter... Well, if your Wi-Fi is plugged in and you turn off the actual... Yeah, um, yeah. You have to turn off the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz uh, signal um, you can do that the the people at the your your cable company or whatever could tell you how to do that um, mm -hmm. that's possible but um, no you um, I lost my train of thought <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah you hardwire your lines in your house and that's one solution and then you, you know your phone reverts back to like whatever it is 4g or even 5g yeah. unfortunately if you're mm -hmm. but you you'll have one last thing to worry about yeah you have solutions and choices that you can take I were just talking about the Apple be products. Proactive. your TVs are always searching you're you know you have to call the company to yeah to to deactivate it well so, so bluetooth bluetooth too on your phones you know keep your bluetooth off if you're not going to be using it like yeah. my wife has hers on all the time and i'm always trying to get her to turn it off she has her bluetooth on you know yeah. and uh she's got you know her smart watch and stuff like that and just think that drives me nuts like yeah. I, I would never wear that stuff ever mm -hmm. um you know but uh that just shows you how much control I have over anybody else but myself. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, like right? I only have control over yeah. myself. I mean, just to give you an idea, your cell phones, your laptops, your tablets, your 
Wi-Fi routers, the cordless phones, your baby monitors, <laughs> my dogs. Your dogs, yeah. <laughs> and vaguely in the background. And then you got the microwave ovens, all your yep. Bluetooth. I got rid of that nine years ago, my uh, microwave oven. I, I still got one and just because out. I'm lazy. Yeah. It, it, leaks, it leaks radiation. Use your toaster yep. oven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then also, that'll change your food habits too, big time. Yeah. I, I, I don't use it too often, but my wife loves to make, well, she, um, she makes toast in the toaster oven. But we always, you know, just reheating stuff. We'll just throw yeah. it in there. So I did, and just because of laziness. <laughs> I did a really good study. Uh, well, I did a really good radio show on microwaves last year on microwave uh, microwaves. I did like uh -huh. a 25. I, I, if I can find it, I'll send it to you. But it's on my Facebook. If you just scroll through my Facebook, you can find it. Um, but the, I think Space Busters even did a good thing on it. But that's one big thing that leaks radiation even when it's off. No kidding. So I'll just yeah, just you know. an idea. It's, it's the yeah. same actual millimeter wave as 5G dairy. So. And then now uh, you got all your smart, um, your, your um, what do you call them, the smart electric and gas meters. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's, those are huge. Um, they talk about that in the book. And Yeah, they're always sending signals back yeah. and forth. And your fluorescent lights. To your electric company. Your fluorescent lights and your, your um, the stuff that the Google Home, you control your whole home with. Alexa or something. Yeah, like yeah, all the light bulbs that have the Bluetooth in it. And mm. it's just insane how, you know, and I keep stressing, like, you could do a little bit anyway. You can't get it all out of your well, house what i do is i be i'm proactive on my mm -hmm. food i take care of me first like yeah, as far yeah. as my food goes and i make sure that everything i put into my body i try to like 99 to 100 percent is going to be raw it's definitely 100 percent organic mm -hmm. but it try to get almost exclusively all raw so it's about 95 on a daily basis if you're to average out throughout the week is raw yeah um, maybe more like uh, 65 50 mm -hmm. <laughs> which is huge from the first time yeah yeah you know, i mean i, I mean I used, to, I used to live on like chinese food and booze right so <laughs> I mean, and that's got me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's just been poisoning myself for years, and yeah. you know, but um, recovering education was a difference. Yeah, recovering addict, and then finding a purpose, um, a more passionate, um, less passionate, more passionate towards the food and the diet and myself. First, it was um, I just wanted to get healthy and learn about stuff, and then as it as um, being um, the cook at the school and just trying to educate the students on. A home cooked meal, the importance of knowing what goes into your food, it just grew bigger and bigger and snowballed into where I have to make, I have to get this out there, like um, like with the the drinks and my message of just organic and clean eating. Let's do that. I mean, if you can't afford it, at least put try to put the right stuff in. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it is expensive, and well, a lot I'll of people can't afford it. But I'll tell you, what, I was I use this story, and I just for the whole thing of importance of where you're going to spend your money that's the most important thing in my opinion and i'll tell you why because every single output that you put from your food every single output you have in your body your thoughts everything comes from what you put into your body that's it end of story period if you poison your body you have unfortunately bad results that can come out and mm -hmm. bad thoughts and you know obviously w what happened when you had to go and buy medication or you had to go to the doctors all the time yeah, how much yeah. time did that take out yeah. how much time would you miss for work and uh you're seeing better thoughts and better emanations mm -hmm. um people get better jobs because they're more motivated they're healthier and i'll tell you what other people around you treat you differently too because they feel that you're vibrationally a better person as far as your energy goes you're happier your outlook is good um and you're trying to help other people and then that helps them it elevates everybody but what's the first thing we do is unfortunately a lot of us we don't want to spend the money on the more expensive food when we actually really can mm -hmm. i took my food and I made it the most important thing when I started working at the store, living off of like $300 a week. 
and I was paying $400 a month rent. I was living at somebody basically just renting a room in someone else's house. Mm -hmm. And I was buying organic on everything. Like I was dropping a hundred, maybe $150 every week on, on food. And I didn't care. I just said, no, yeah. I'm going to make this the most important thing. And then boom, from there, you know, three, four years later, I've got my own therapy. I've got my own business, my own radio show. Yeah. Um, I did everything from my, you know, f from my food, from myself. Mm -hmm. And, um, so far got a house 15 acres i'm on the river you know it's not yeah. just me it's my wife too yeah. obviously but uh we did that you know together yeah and the results became because of i believe a lot of it me doing this diet and doing mm -hmm. the right things with the food and i would have tra poor results i mean i had fibromyalgia at 25 i had aches and pains all over my body um i was basically getting arthritis everywhere dairy mm -hmm. and my eyesight sucked um like everything was just going to be going worse and worse and i know i would have a chronic disease probably by now if i didn't change and that would not be me doing this stuff here i would be working just some physical labor job because i really enjoyed that because my mind mm -hmm. was so active and yeah. so hectic and crazy because i didn't have it under control because mm -hmm. of my food so i that's why i say my number one rule is don't, don't compromise on your food you know what i mean put the effort into your food and you'll see that you vote with your dollar too as well if, if people don't vote with their dollar this goes away you know organic mm -hmm. foods don't survive there's a reason why now it doesn't have to be more expensive either like you can totally get all this food and make it yourself too you can mm -hmm. have a small little farm and a lot of people do that you know yeah and the amish you can go to the amish and get foods from them hopefully they're doing it right but mm -hmm. so there are ways and you know if you need help with that let me know um there are tons of resources out there for people to get better foods and to not even have to spend that much more yeah that was uh, that was one of my um my downfalls is i I was giving everything out, you know, healthy, like my drinks. I wasn't even, and there was one point where I wasn't even drinking them because it was such a high demand. Right. I was, wasn't really caring about myself at the time and um well in the uh, airplane when it's going down you got to take care of you first yeah you know, put the mask on yeah. you you know stuff like that and the stress got to me and everything the ship goes down yeah. without you so being it did it did go down and uh i luckily was saved really you know um mm -hmm. by just well i hate to say to open my eyes i had to get sick mm -hmm. but i did and and i did i thought i was invincible and right. i'm in my 40s and <laughs> reality set in and, yeah. and the next thing i know i was uh I was on my deathbed and next thing I know I'm I'm on another path of just get it get me right before I can get anybody else right and that's what I'm slowly working towards is just getting myself healthy a good saying and, uh, is pay an hour pay ten times later yeah you yeah. know and you'll pay in death you will you'll pay yeah. in death and disease and the hospital bills yep definitely and um, uh, I'm so grateful that um we have connected and the show is going to continue on and we're just going to keep I'm going to keep learning because I'm just like I I'm rarely on the TV now. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe an hour a day now. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly listening to music. I'm playing music. I'm recording music. I'm researching and reading. This week, I finished two books. Yeah. Um, since the last time, I'll say less since the last time we've seen each other. I finished two books um, with uh, EMF being one of them and Anthony Bourdain, um, uh, Kitchen Confidential. Um, it, it's just because mm -hmm. I'm a chef and mm -hmm. um, he's one of my heroes and... Uh, just I, I never I never I mean I picked up books here and there to Gershon therapy years ago because I was doing the juicing and the raw diet and I mean the raw juice and trying to heal that and figure out different recipes that I could work for not just for myself but for everybody yeah. and it's just been um, I've been reaffected with knowledge yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it man you got the hey uh, check this out um, I did this little you know I usually write something here yeah. like maybe a five or ten minute thing so I I don't know where this came from but I just wrote it 
the other day um, off maybe something I saw. I'm not really sure if I remember, but here we go. So it's a motivational speech on choices. So would you take chemotherapy medication if you were healthy? Would you ever subsect, uh, subject yourself to a man-made known carcinogen chemical, meaning cancer-causing, if you were healthy? Why would you subject yourself to chemotherapy when you were sick with cancer? What is cancer? Is it a deficiency in toxicity? Yes, it is a defense mechanism, a life-saving mechanism for our toxicity that is so abundant in our own cells that we need a safe and hidden place for said toxins in order to keep them away from our already exhausted and deficient, weak lymphatic immune system. So why would we ever believe that more toxicity would be a solution to healing it? Is there such a thing as a cure for disease? In my belief, no, but there is such thing as nutritional healing. Modern medicine would have you believe that they cure diseases. They do not, and it is literally impossible to do so. And to understand that is to understand that there is only two causes of all disease, deficiency and toxicity. And just to pause for one second, you can argue stress, but I argue that stress causes deficiency and toxicity. <laughs> so if you have it, the ways to get those states are, are many, but nothing outside of actual foods, raw medicines from nature will truly heal the body of disease and disorder. Healing is not curing. Curing implies one drug and one disease. No drug can heal a disease for which drugs are the thing lacking in the human body. Drugs are man-made chemicals that add zero actual nutritional value, and they only manipulate your body's already dwindling nutritional resources. Our bodies are made of bacteria, nutrients, and that includes enzymes. That is it. Drugs drain the body of resources. They manipulate the body to desired effect, hence causing side effects and fallout, and actually make every disease worse, creating new diseases. Why? Because they are not nutrition, and the body doesn't need, recognize, nor require them. They are not of nature nor God. Once we understand that injecting man-made chemicals and toxically carcinogenic vaccines directly into our bloodstreams in a totally improper pathway mechanism, we will realize that we will never need those things to poison ourselves again, and that they can't heal anything, but they can make you sick and symptom suppressed, which is the point of the medical system. Why on earth would one system believe that they are the only ones who have the right to patent cures for disease? If they were creating products for the good of all, we would be the healthiest country on earth and all beneficial systems would be encouraged on top of theirs. Please think about the logic of what I'm saying. We are ruled by drug companies who care absolutely zero about your health at the highest level. We are in the midst of tyrannical pharmaceutical rule right now. We are in the last... We are the last on the list of developed countries in almost all categories and listings of health and mortality and consume more processed foods and chemical medications than any other country on earth, typically by two. We are not deficient in man-made chemicals or vaccines. We are deficient in real foods, foods by nature, raw foods, organic foods, perennial foods, herbs, oils, fats, vitamins, minerals, ionic water, sourced from raw animals, trees, plants, and herbs. We are the change that we have been waiting for. We are the change we have been waiting for. We are the educational system we have been waiting for. And make no more excuse about your health being out of your hands. It is not. And it is always a choice to be sick or healthy once you have the knowledge that you can truly do something about it. We choose mostly without knowing that we earn most of our diseases. We earn them well. We can choose to keep being lied to or we can choose to educate. Books have been suggested here like the raw primal diet, the invisible rainbow, Raw animal foods have been talked about that can heal all manner of disease. What viruses and bacteria do for the health of the body have also been dis discussed in depth on multiple shows. Continue researching, reach out, ask questions, use DuckDuckGo as a search engine or any other various 
incognito search engines that don't skew the results uh, towards the mainstream. Go to my Facebook page, uh, call the healthy way, go buy books, uh, be a strong individual, a warrior for your health and your children. You pay more now rather than 10 times later in sickness, in disease. Shop organic, eat more raw foods, educate. We are the medicine. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I said we are the medicine. Yes. Um, you're your own medicine. Yep. Only you can cure you Yep. Uh, and make we, yourself better. I don't know. Some sayings popped up at the store that were thrown up on the wall. I, I don't know who did it, but it's great because I walked in. Let food be that medicine and medicine be thy food. You know, it's an old Hippocrates saying. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I've been living by that motto for eight, nine, eight or nine years. If, if you want a good educational documentary to, like, get you into, like, the mood of organic foods and raw foods, uh, check out Food Matters. It's an amazing doc- DVD documentary. It's um, on Amazon Prime, I believe, or other various, like if you have internet, TV, or whatever, you can find it. Or you might even be able to just go on YouTube and find it. I'm sure you could find it somewhere um, for free. Yeah. But Food food Matters is the documentary, and it explains, I mean, just an amazing abundance of knowledge on how raw foods and other, you know, herbs and, and natural products can heal disease. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, uh, I was thinking if I did one or two Miller's review of critical vaccine studies right on. before we wrap up here and uh, let's see where we left off Miller's where's my folded page <laughs> it unfolded itself <laughs> well let's just pick a spot how about this we'll, we'll do the MMR vaccine measles and MMR uh, let's see measles and mumps infections in childhood protect against deadly heart attacks and strokes during adulthood what they're saying there is if you actually allow these childhood diseases to take place your cancer risks are a lot less your heart attack risks strokes they're a lot less in in, in adulthood because they literally are a rite of passage if you get exposure to toxicities deficiencies as you're young as you're younger in in adulthood if you don't allow these these different diseases these childhood diseases that are typically rites of passage chicken pox if you don't allow them your diseases will become more rampant later on because what do those viruses do dairy they're getting rid of the garbage They're cleaning up the body and getting rid of the garbage right yep uh, so men who contracted measles in childhood were significantly less likely to die from total cardiovascular disease compared to men who were not infected with either measles or mumps men who had both measles and mumps in childhood were significantly less likely to die from myocardial infar- myocardial infarction which is a heart attack um let me see S- measles can be spread from volive yeah they say the study measles can be spread from fully vaccinated people to other fully vaccinated people so scientists know that people who are vaccinated against measles can still get the disease however they originally believe that only unvaccinated people can spread measles to others so basically what they're saying there is the measles vaccine well particularly causes measles um, and i've seen that in a lot of people and then they'll re-diagnose them with another disease particularly if you look at um oh god is it uh, mumps parotitis um people are getting um, the actual disease basically of mumps and they were uh, being injected with the vaccine getting their fully vaccinated populations I've mm-hmm. read this in other books that fully vaccinated populations essentially were getting the exact disease that they were fully vaccinated for or that they were vaccinated for and it was only in they say the contagion would outbreak or the, vi- the disease would outbreak only in the vaccinated populations which is really interesting because in Bill Gates and polio the polio vaccine he was kicked out of India they yeah. caused so many polio cases from their polio vaccine that they pushed them out and they caused amazing amounts of paralysis 
dialysis yeah. in the children in, in, uh, and sterilization India. sterilization yeah it happened uh, huge in Africa with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation one of them in the World Health Organization which I believe that they possibly are one of the biggest reasons the vaccines in the 60s and 70s uh, were one of the biggest reasons of HIV outbreaks in that entire country because the biggest vaccine c campaign populations particularly the hep B and the gay populations the hep B vaccine which is discussed in that video too yeah. was uh, pushed throughout uh, the 80s um, and there was particularly like 90% of the homosexual population, they were all taking HEPI vaccines, which carried poisonous tissues, which caused so-called HIV AIDS virus to detoxify them. Um, let's see. So measles vaccine failure causes outbreaks of disease, they say. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip that because I'm tired of pushing the germ theory crap. <laughs> Loss of immunity after MMR and viral shedding could spread disease. Uh -huh. Let's see. The MMR vaccine may be associated with brain autoimmunity and autism. Many autistic children have elevated levels of antibodies to the measles virus, but not the other viruses. The study analyzed MMR antibodies in brain myelin basic protein uh, autoantibodies in the blood of 125 autistic children and 92 non-autistic children. The MMR antibodies were found in 60% of the autoantibody group and were found in 56% of the autistic children. None were detected in the control group, which took nothing. The authors of the study believe that a large number of autism cases may result from neurological symptoms due to atypical measles virus infection following the MMR vaccination. The study provides evidence of an association between the MMR vaccination, especially the measles component, central nervous system autoimmunity, and the injection, sorry, the inception of autism. Uh, MMR and other vaccines made with human fetal cells may be linked to the rise in cases of autism. The study was designed to investigate whether human fetal and retroviral contaminants in childhood vaccines are linked to autism. The large cohort study included all children born after 1969 in the USA, Western Australia, the United Kingdom, and Denmark, with publicly available vaccination records who later developed a diagnosis of autistic disorders. Birth year change points. Dates when a substantial rise in the incidence of autism occurred corresponded with the introduction of vaccines that were manufactured with human fetal fetal cells, MMR, varicell, and hepatitis A. There were highly significant associations between the number of children vaccinated against chicken pox, chicken pox which were manufactured using human cells containing uh, fetal DNA and retroviral contaminants, and the number of children diagnosed with autistic disorders. The increasing number of vaccines made with human fetal cell lines is, and is exposing infants and human, uh, excuse me, children to human DNA and retroviral contaminants that are associated with rising cases of autism. And in the beginning of this book, there's a huge number of, there's like 65 studies in the beginning of the book just on autism and the links. Yeah, I was, uh, I was skimming through that not too long ago and um, noticed all the, the research that they've done. Emergency room visits are significantly more common in children who were recently vaccinated against MMR. The study analyzed the health of 413,957 children to, to determine the risk of serious adverse events at 12 and 18 months of age following received or recommended vaccines. The incidence of emergency room visits or hospital administrations 1 to 17 days after vaccinations, the risk period, was compared with the incidence of 20 to 28 days after vaccination, the control period. Children were significantly more likely to be rushed to the ER or admitted to the hospital during the risk periods after vaccination at 12 months. Um, than the control periods. For every 100,000 children vaccinated at 12 months of age, 598 additional children had one or more ER visits, one child for every 167 vaccinated. That's that's just to the ER. That's the ones that made it to the ER. Uh -huh. And that's the ones that were basically studied or reported. Um, the ER visits during the risk period were more likely to require medical aid for multiple conditions compared to ER visits during the control periods. Children this was unfortunate. Children were excluded from analysis if they received a second vaccination during the observation period. I'd like to know 
and uh, yeah. or, or if they died <laughs> yeah, yeah so they could have died too they excluded those yeah <laughs> uh let's see young children have an increased risk of requiring emergency care after MMR. Girls have an even greater risk. The study analyzed the health records of 548,422 children to determine whether the sex of the child has an effect on the incidence of emergency room visits and or hospital admissions after childhood vaccinations. For every 100,000 children vaccinated at 12 months of age, 192 additional adverse events, ER visits in females can be experienced compared to males. Wow. All right. Um, chickenpox and shingles on and so forth so yeah we'll uh we'll stop there but there's tons this book miller's review of critical vaccine studies 400 important scientific papers summarized for parents and researchers um it's out there man all you gotta do is yeah. just get into it and um you you do your own studies you know i'm not we're not here to we're just here to open your mind and just to and I just want to say I skipped the the ones that you know are saying oh well the vaccinated are shedding more than the non-vaccinated. Well, the uh, case yeah. is is that really the vaccinated usually get sick before the unvaccinated because they are vaccinated. And I just I'm tired of spending time going through point by point yeah. how to explain why they interpret these things this way because they all think viruses cause disease or germs cause disease. There is such a thing too as vibrational experiences. You know, you're sick and you uh, believe that your virus could possibly make me sick, and I think you're virus could make me sick and i get freaked out and stressed out and then i get sick yeah you know what i mean yeah. and that happens all the time because what's the one cause of disease that we talked about that's not from cooked foods processed foods chemicals and emf it's stress, stress. yeah and i've seen so many people literally think themselves to disease i've seen people die that had cancer after they were healing on the raw foods therapy because somebody told them that no matter what they do they'll die it doesn't matter. You're mm -hmm. still going to die of your cancer. And they die in two days, even though that they were literally bedridden before they met me. And then after that, they were up moving around, walking, yeah. literally basically almost jogging upstairs in their in their 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And then hospice and tells them, oh, yeah, well, it doesn't matter. You're going to die. Yeah. That's, you know? um, and they, the wind out of your sails. Yeah. That's what I'm, I mean. Like my buddy. So he, powerful, your mind. Yeah. Like my buddy, he says, well, are you sicker now? Or were you sick before they told you? <laughs> how did you feel before they told you yeah, right yeah, yeah. so it all has well could you imagine telling somebody like hey if, if they didn't know any better you know i don't feel sick and then you go and give them an m um you give them a pcr test yeah and guess what how many people i've known a few that have had pcr tests and they've gotten told that they were positive and then right afterwards especially sick. getting yeah they got sick yeah. and they've got that stupid crap shoved up their nose too yeah. and that makes them sick as yeah. well because there's freaking poisonous materials on that that's what i've been yeah i've like I've been reading it and mm -hmm. watching it, that there's a lot more to the what's going on. I Absolutely mean, a lot more. There's just so much smoke and mirrors, and it's so hard to believe. Well, that's anything. the other thing too is we've been so confused, and uh, you know, th 700 truths come out, and one of them is only the real truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? mean? Like uh, it, it, it sickens me. <laughs> just uh, it, just because I finally accepted the fact that I'm gonna shut everything off and not feed off the news on the television mm -hmm. the tell i <laughs> yeah and uh i just stopped watching tv and now i'm I, if i do watch tv it's more of a a rerun from the past or i'm watching a movie that has nothing to do with yeah the world as it is you yeah. know and um it's just you i open your own information yeah it just it's just a, an awakening and just to find out you know and it just keeps going and going and going and then you start seeing the hypocrisy in all of it mm-hmm um, just the bullshit that is coming through that TV, social media, 
And then when I, I, it wasn't even something that I wrote. I took a meme mm-hmm. and stated it, uh, you know, and reposted it. And uh, next thing you know, there's 80 comments and um, negativity towards that statement where I'm like, wow, that got out of hand quick. I'm like, it, it's just so empowering I mean, people, and a lot of people don't like that. Yeah, like, they uh, don't want you to like think I, I, I never thoughts from the herd. Yeah, and I never don't think you're stupid. You know, I mean, it, you just you're asleep. You know, wake up. Yeah, you unplugged. Yeah, and and just the herd does the herd doesn't like when you unplug. Yeah, and uh, I mean, as part of the group. Yeah, feels good to be part of the group. Yeah, it does actually, and just it feels comfortable. You're not sticking out. You're not the you're not the nail that gets hammered if you don't stick out. Mm -hmm. You got to think all the same thoughts. Yeah, Yeah. I it just after that I was just kind of like you know what man, I I never really gave a shit about what people thought about me. I didn't care, Mm. and then uh, I. it kind of drew me back. I was like, "Well, why did I take it down? I should have just left it." Mm. I like it went against everything that I, my whole perspective on life is. You know, like I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to do what I do. Mm. You know, and then all of a sudden I took it down, and eh, I just got a little. The wind did get taken you know out of my sails a little bit. That really fr- is frustrating about that is condemnation born that before investigation is the height of ignorance Mm -hmm. and i've never condemned other people for thinking literally any type of crazy thought that they want and like even if it's totally wrong like i educate if i know something about that i'm not going to go ahead and attack them and call them stupid or this that and Mm -hmm. the other thing if they're really disrespectful to me like i might get a little irritated and out of hand possibly but i I really don't do that anymore i haven't done that in a lot of years Mm -hmm. but before when i don't have as much you, that's the thing is there's ad hominem attacks for people that they don't have any weapons other than ad hominem attacks so they call you names and things like that because they don't have any knowledge to back what they believe indoctrination makes people angry when you tell them something other than what they've been on because they're still plugged in so they get really really irritated angry and it's almost like there's an evil spell uh-huh. cast over a lot of people because they are part of that group and yeah. once you pull a little bit of that veil away they are exposed they're, you're exposing their ideas and their yeah. thoughts. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm in conspiracies that are way deeper than this, too. <laughs> and I know you know. Like, in things that, like, other people, if they heard or said, you know, some of those things to other people that were plugged in yeah. and they get angry and irritated. And you see, like, this evil, like, come from yeah. people a lot of yeah. times. They're like, how stupid you are or even how you could even think that's possible. But they've, they've done no investigation at all. Yeah, that's, that's... Or they've gotten investigation from the side that pushes the fact... You know, I call them the fact wreckers. Uh-huh. But they, they, that's it. Like, they've got... They've done 10 minutes of research on, on something that I've done. Literally, probably, I'd say, you know, for one topic, a couple topics in particular, thousands of hours of mm-hmm. research. So it's so frustrating, and when you put out, some, you've done you know hundreds of hours of reading now, yeah, and you're yeah. like you're saying a few things. You're giving them a glimpse, just a glimpse, and because it's just at the tip of the t- pyramid, yeah. they can't see the rest of it, and they're never going to look into it. Most of them. That's that's, that's what I'm like. I'm like, just watch this. Re- you know, do yeah, your own they, research, well, they won't, man. A lot of them don't. So I'm I'm you know, I'm tagging. You will save a few, yeah, I'm, and uh, I'm noticing more people that are awake. You're yeah, you will get that. Too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking. You know, they're they're their aspect their prospect um perspective i'm sorry perspective on what we're talking about is coming to light mm-hmm. um slowly 
you I'm know? very I'm very selective of my friends list and people mm-hmm. I don't know. Like if I if they're you know I make sure to only bring people in that aren't going to be like that. And even if they are like people that don't believe what I believe, if they're on my friends list, yeah. it's because they don't do and they don't attack you for yeah. your beliefs. They w- I would never do that to them, and I hope yeah. they don't do that yeah. to me if they believe things. Like they could say, I mean, I've seen some of the most ridiculous stuff in my friends list of other people that are just like they're being so ignorant. Yeah, and they're so proud of their vaccines and, and, and do like they that. even understand the word ignorance <laughs> it's got nothing to do with stupidity yeah I- ignorant is just being uneducated yeah well i mean also too they a lot of people choose that yeah, too yeah. and they don't like i've given truth to people before and they're like i don't want to look into that i can't know i don't want to know yeah. on certain subjects they're like i just mm-hmm. my the world is too big i couldn't handle it yeah. you know what i mean and it's like okay and I give them little truths, and then and then they work on that. And I've seen so many more people turn around. And there's particular topics and subjects that I research, and I watched from f- in like the last four or five years of doing s- research on certain s- topics and subjects. Mm-hmm. I've watched the attacks go from hundreds and hundreds of people attacking in the comment section to almost nobody attacking in the comment yeah. section, and, and like con- converts, you know, people that are starting to agree. Like yeah. it could be on any s- topic. Like oh, you thought vaccinations were, you know, uh, the, the the savior of humanity, and then all of a sudden you're seeing s- all these other people come over now and believing that finally they understand that how once they've done the research and the proof or their kid was injured how many people do you know i know a lot that have had mothers who have had kids and Mm -hmm. they finally were injured by a vaccine unfortunately but like you said you had to fall to the bottom of the pit to get up you know you had to be had to hit rock bottom to be able to change your life and your diet and things like that and a lot about the third time i've done it (laughs) well you know um, (laughs) eventually i had had tons of falls like that from my alcoholism recovery so that's what happens to a lot of people they they, unfortunately the worst crap has to happen to them and they wake up that's unfortunate you know seeing is believing or sometimes believing is seeing whatever but that's that's it man and uh so anyway yeah let's uh we'll we'll wrap that up and uh we'll continue on because we can talk (laughs) <laughs> all, yeah. all night probably about everything and oh yeah and probably get a lot of hate for it <laughs> nah. those nah. people that actually listen this far are the people that are going to listen yeah true <laughs> that is true listen, so. yeah well look, once it. again thanks a lot andrew you know always a pleasure and appreciate this i love the conversations and the knowledge you're bestowing upon me <laughs> yeah if you uh st- if you ever want to anybody if they're looking for help uh, it doesn't matter what it is if it's diseases if it's tox you know if it's um stress if it's toxicities if it's uh, you know physical or psychological diseases or deficiencies anything like that i, I can work with um and uh i'm at the healthy way typically tuesdays and fridays um I'm, I'm a naturopathic doctor raw food nutritionist herbalist and a certified holistic health practitioner in school for a doctorate in clinical nutrition got a lot of research and uh experience now under you know me so if you got something help dealing with it let me know um healthy way reach out there tuesdays and fridays typically and book an appointment with me come sit down we'll uh put you on something we'll work we'll work something out all right, all right. Yeah. Hold on.